Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. So if you were in D.C. on January 6, 2021, whether or not you went to the Capitol or not, whether or not you wore a furry hat or not with horns, whether or not you took part in any of the events that day, you are being tracked. Yes, anyone who went to the region on January 6, 2021 is being tracked. Welcome to the show. Glad you are here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. According to the director of the Air Marshal National Council, Sonia Labasco, the TSA has a special mission for air marshals to track individuals who travel to the D.C. region on the day of the January 6th protest. During a recent interview on Fox News, Labasco warned that TSA air marshals are not flying right now. She claimed that the only missions air marshals are currently conducting are missions on the border with illegal immigrants or, quote, following the January 2021 people. Following the January 2021 people. Quote, we're not doing our regular missions where we're out there looking for the bad guys. So right now, on most flights, you're not going to have air marshals, she said. So everyone who went to D.C. on January 6, 2021, even if they had nothing to do with the Capitol riot, is being tracked. This is remarkable. It really is extraordinary. I mean, not surprising, though, considering that this administration loves their police state tactics. But wow, the level of mass surveillance, the January 2026 people, the January 2021 people, January 6th people, the high holy day of the left, J6, tracking you. Man, it's like it's it's almost like we don't even have the Bill of Rights anymore or a Fourth Amendment right or or any rights for that matter. It's what it really feels like. She noted that the primary mission of air marshals is currently quiet skies, which involves the tracking of anyone who traveled to the Washington, D.C. region at the time of the storming of the Capitol. Quote, we're following people that flew into the national capital region on January 2021. You did not have to go to the Capitol or the rally, and you've been put on a specific list that TSA now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had any type of criminal investigation. They haven't committed a crime, but three years later, we're following the same individuals day in and day out, she says. 
I mean, this is extraordinary. It really is. This is, a, this is absolutely amazing. Without any sort of warrant whatsoever, without any due process, without any suspicion, you were in the region, the nation's capital region, and that's enough for you to be tracked, ongoing tracked by your government. And you're on a list now. You're on a special list, just like we did to Muslim people after 9-11. Remember how the left was infuriated by that? And rightfully so, by the way. People who were just Muslim were put on a list to be monitored and tracked. The ACLU was furious. Is the ACLU going to speak out about this list, the J6 list? Are, are, is the left going to scream, the civil libertarians who are out there, are they going to scream about this? Because they should. They should. Just because you were in the region of the capital does not justify the government putting you on a special watch list. What, is, what, what, what country is this? What country... Are we living in right now is what I want to know, because, you know, I'm questioning the, the, the notion of reality when I read stuff like this. I really am questioning my entire concept of this to think that it's OK for our government to track people just simply for being in the in the in the nation's capital. That's it. That's enough for them to put you on a special watch list, the TSA watch list. Now, I just saying that clip, if you can pull it up for me, uh, it's I, I mean. Operation Quiet Skies. Operation Quiet Skies. See, what I told you years ago is the only axiom about civil liberties and, and, and freedom, and that when you turn over your liberty to the government under the guise of keeping you safe, they will weaponize those powers you give them, and they will use that against you for political purposes. That has been one of the longstanding Zioli axioms. And if you've been with me since day one, you know that. And it keeps coming true and true. Now, there were a lot of people who justified, for example, no-fly lists. You know, back then they had these no-fly lists, and anybody who was associated with being a Muslim or anything like that was put on a no-fly list. But even ordinary um, Americans who weren't uh, even Muslim would just show up at the airport and find out they were on a no-fly list. They didn't have to go before a judge. The government didn't have to show any due process. Just deny you your right to travel, deny you your right, your ability to get on an airplane. With no due process whatsoever. And so you'd have a family at the airport with all their bags packed and the kids think they're going to Disney World and they got the little Mickey and Minnie hats on and they're all excited and they get to the airport and say, I'm sorry, sir, you're on the no-fly list. I what? Yeah, you, you can't fly. What do you mean I can't fly? Yeah, you're on a list. Did you tell me? No, we didn't have to. We just put you on a list. Now, they're not, not allowing these individuals on an airplane based on the information I have. Maybe that will come out. But it doesn't matter. They're tracking them day in and day out. Her words are tracking them day in and day out. This is a clip from Fox News with this uh, person from the TSA National, I'm sorry, director of the Air Marshal National Council, Sonia Labasco. Take a listen. Okay, so how many uh, air marshals are on planes right now? And how many do you think uh, there should be to get to a safe level? Well, Carly, we're not we're not flying right now. The only missions that we're doing are quiet skies missions, and those are missions that are following the January 2021 people. So we're either on the border uh, for illegal immigrants, or we're following folks from January 2021. We're not doing our regular missions where we're out there looking for the bad guys. So right now, on uh, most flights, you're not going to have air marshals. What do you mean by that? You're following January 2021 people. What does that mean? 
That means our primary mission is a little group called Quiet Skies. It's a mission called Quiet Skies that we're following people that flew into the National Capital Region in January 2021. You did not have to go to the Capitol or the rally, and you've been put on a specific list that TSA now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had uh, any type of criminal investigation. They haven't committed a crime, but yet three years later, we're following the same individuals day in and day out. So you're saying that air marshals are now following people that were at the Capitol uh, on January 6th, and they're not tracking terrorists at all. Well, they didn't even have to be at the Capitol, Carly. They could have just flown into the National Capital Region. So if anybody was there for um, a job interview, to visit family, we even had a gentleman that was there for a funeral. They put put on this domestic terrorist list just because of their geographic location to Washington, D.C. So these people did not even commit a crime. They weren't even at the Capitol. What? Do those people know that they're on this list? Some of them do, because when they go to the airport, they get the quadises on their boarding pass, and then they have to go through enhanced security. Then they're followed by teams of air marshals on, on any leg of flight that they have. So, yes, a lot of them do know that they're being followed, yet they haven't been vetted, and they have not committed a crime. And three years later, we're still doing the same duty, and we followed the same people over and over for three years who are no threat to this country. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so if you are an average passenger on a plane, how concerned should you realistically be? I think I think you should be very concerned when you're boarding the aircraft. You need to look around to see who you might be able to to ask to help you, like a good Samaritan, because you're kind of you're on your own. If anything happens, please don't wait. There's going to be no law enforcement that's going to help you. So you need to have a plan. Look where the exit doors are. Look where your flight attendants are standing around you. But I would look at other passengers to see. You know, I would be looking around for a football player or somebody, a pretty big guy or a couple big guys, in case you needed to take action. Wow. Wow. Well, we had you on to talk about air marshals getting sent to the southern border and you opened up a whole new topic for us to follow so sonia we thank you for that insight and joining us this morning we appreciate it yeah i mean you, you listen to that and you go wait 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 i'm sorry they're on a domestic terror watch list see remember years ago i said one day the terrorists will be you i still remember that caller that one time called me up and said i was complaining about how the government was spying on us i know call me crazy I was complaining about the fact that the government of the United States of America was reading our emails and listening to our phone calls. I was I was complaining about all these things. And I remember a guy called up and said, what 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 do you want to get blown up by a terrorist, Rich? You know, as if you were against the government having to follow the Constitution, it meant you wanted people to die of terrorism. But this was what they said back then. And unfortunately, a lot of people on my side of the aisle were the ones saying it. You know, we have we, we got what are we going to do? What do you want another 9-11? And I kept saying at the time, you know, in the future, you're going to be the terrorist. You know that, right? Someday it's going to be you. Look where we are right now. Look where we are in this moment in time, where if you've got a Betsy Ross flag, if you've got a MAGA hat, if you've got a uh, don't tread on me, uh, Gadsden, anything, you're, you're on the list. You're on the watch list. If you were just in the capital region, air marshals are tracking you. Air marshals were put on planes. You remember in the wake of 9-11 to be able to take out a terrorist before they hijacked the airplane. Now, they were not able to. They, I had a friend who was an air marshal. I did. I had a, a good buddy of mine who I grew up with, and he wound up uh, leaving the service because he said it was the most boring job he's ever had in his life. 
I signed up in the wake of 9-11 to be an air marshal, thinking it would be exciting and thinking he'd be serving our country. But there was never anything to do ever. Occasionally, maybe you'd have a, a passenger who was rude and loud and drunk. And that was about it. He said it was the most boring job because, look, let's face it. Once they they upgraded the doors of the airplane so that you couldn't get into the cockpit, that pretty much solved the problem. That was it. You couldn't you now couldn't hijack an airplane anymore. Those doors became impenetrable. And that was the end of it. That's why it hasn't happened since. It's not the groping by the TSA at the airport. It's not that. It's the fact that you you to get through that door is almost impossible. And people now know that if somebody tries to do that, the entire airplane is going to take them down because they're probably going to try to just kill everybody. So, yeah, though, they're not trying to do that anymore. But this is why the TSA is completely worthless and useless, because they will fondle and grope you and then still not find stuff. Yeah, that's why every year they all the guns they missed and all of this they missed and that. And they just bust chops and and break stones. And it's completely inefficient. And, and unnecessary. But it's like anything else, right? Instead of the government deciding, you know what? Maybe we don't need this anymore. Maybe we don't need we don't need air marshals. OK, because terrorists are not hijacking airplanes anymore. We fix the cabin door problem. If you remember in the show, The Looming Tower. If you watched it, the book is fantastic. If you watch the show, The Looming Tower, which is on Hulu, I highly recommend it. There's a scene where one of the would-be 9-11 hijackers opens up the cockpit door mid-flight and walks in. And the pilots are like, hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, sorry, I thought it was a bathroom. They're like, oh, it's all good. But you could open that door back then just like you'd open the door to go into the lavatory on an airplane. They fixed that after 9-11. They fixed that. But they still put air marshals on planes. So, they, so as part of the massive expansion of government in the wake of 9-11 and uh, attacking, you know, a, a country that had nothing to do with it, Iraq, invading it, we also created all of these new jobs. So we created all these new jobs. And whenever you create a government job, you can't get rid of a government job. You, you're stuck with it for life. It's like it's like herpes. You know, you get flare ups every now and then, but it's, you're not getting rid of it. You got it for life. Not that I know, by the way, just but it's a quick analogy since I'm thinking of things you can't get rid of. Anyway, the 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 point is now you're stuck with all these air marshals and they're unionized. And so they're not going anywhere. So I got to find something for them to do. What are they going to do? Well, how about we have them track and monitor and spy on people who are in the capital region on January 6, 2021, the, the, the entire freaking region. Which meant that, let's say on January 6, 2021, instead of being here, say I went to D.C. and had nothing to do with the Capitol. Maybe I, maybe I went back to the University of Maryland for the day. See some of my buddies, my old fraternity brothers, hang out, go to Bentley's, get some of their outstanding mozzarella sticks if they still have them. I would be on, I'd be tracked. So that means that every time I go to the airport, I would have to go through enhanced security measures I, for no reason. Nothing. And I would have to have my stones broken even more because I'm on I'm on a watch list. Do you understand what I mean about this country and how we are a police state? And I've been I've been telling you we're a police state for years, long before Dinesh D'Souza did. And I'm not not saying that to take away from Dinesh. I'm just simply saying that I've been saying this to you for years. We live in a police state. This country has become a police state. This is exactly what I mean. The only reason they're doing this is just to bust people's chops. Because they they can, they have to justify the jobs of these air marshals who have nothing to do. And 
a lot of the people that they're going to bust chops with are probably Trump supporters. Because why were they flying into the Capital Region on January 6, 2021, other than despite funerals, family, jobs, uh, sightseeing, it's the Capital, it's the freaking Capital Region, change of flights, anything else? Despite all that, they're probably MAGA. So we need to monitor MAGA because this goes with the narrative of the Biden Department of Justice, which is what? Domestic violent extremism is running rampant. And at any moment now, there'll be another January 6th, unless we monitor all these domestic violent extremists in our country. And of course, since there aren't any, because it's a fugazi, we don't really have domestic violent extremists. We have... We have individuals. We don't have these organized militias that are actually going to do anything against America. We have guys that go out and get drunk and shoot guns in the woods, and that's about it. But it's not enough. So then they have to expand the reach of domestic violent extremists, which is why you, if you're a mom and you went to a school board meeting to scream about the fact that your kids weren't in class or they had to wear masks or anything else, you got put on a list. You were, you, you were on the list, too, because you might be a domestic violent extremist and you might cause violence at, at a school board meeting. So they have to keep expanding the net, so to speak. Because they just don't have enough supply to fill the demand that they're looking for. The demand of domestic violent extremism is so high in this administration, but the supply is very short. Because even if you were in the Capitol, even if you took part in the riot on January 6, 2021... And you didn't get arrested, which is probably going to happen at some point to everybody who went on that complex. Whether you went inside or not, you're going to get arrested. You're going to have to deal with the government at some point. But you're not doing it again because you don't want to deal with the ramifications of this. So you're just back to living your life. Even if you didn't smash a window or break anything, even if you just went inside and, and, and you know, it, it took a whiz. You're, you, you just, you want to get back to your life and live your life and you want to stay as far away from that as possible at this point. You're not sitting there every night doing the J6 reunion meeting, figuring out when you can, when you could go in and, and cause another insurrection. Because A, it wasn't an insurrection and B, because the people there got caught up in the moment. Some people there that day, yeah, they broke the law. No question about it. But we're not talking about those people. Those people have already been prosecuted. But it doesn't matter at this point whether you're at the Capitol or not. She just said it. You heard her. You heard her say it. You heard her say it just now that everybody who was at the Capitol in the, I'm sorry, not even at the Capitol, anybody who was in the region is being tracked by air marshals, United States air marshals. I don't recognize this country anymore. You have those moments where you go, everything I thought I knew is just completely just coming unraveled. You know what I mean? Everything I thought was real, my reality is just completely gone. And I, I don't recognize America anymore. I don't recognize the United States of America. Because at some point, the government had such hubris to do this to Muslim American citizens who were just simply going about their life. And there was such an uproar about it that we stopped the practice and good because people should not be put on no fly list without actually getting due process I, it doesn't matter to me whether you're muslim or not the constitution is supposed to be blind to that obviously but but they're doing it again only this time it's not the potential muslim terrorists i told you that i told you this see i i i i, I exactly told you all of this back then that someday it's not going to be the Muslim terrorist, it's going to be you, and it's you. 
Wow. Really amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing. 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Would love to have your thoughts on this. I'll give you more details on this as it comes out. We also have some numbers coming in on Black Friday, and we have our very own Cyber Monday deal here on the Zioli Show. Actually, the entire station today. I'm very excited about this. So WPHG is having a Cyber Monday sale today. 20% off all hoodies in our store, the merch store, where you can get Zioli Army shirts, Kale & Company, Dom Time, Krasnerland. It's all there. Cyber Monday sale today, 20% off on all hoodies. So get your beautiful Kelly Green Zioli Army uh, hoodie. It's great. It's the same car the Eagles were wearing last night during the game. That phenomenal game that kept us all on the edge of our seats the entire time. Or this uh, gorgeous navy blue, like a dark navy blue color as well. It's a great shade of blue. Just go to 1210WPHC.com, 1210WPHC.com, 20% off all hoodies. I know you've wanted Zioli Army merch. Now's your chance to get it. 1210WPHC.com. We'll be right back. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The Odyssey app. All righty, so there's another story today about secret warnings about the Wuhan research predated the pandemic. I should also mention to you, there's a uh, a brand new disease sweeping through China. Why is it always China? I'm always trying to figure this out. What is it about China? Is it another undercooked bat burger somebody ordered? Is that what happened? Undercooked bat burger, pangolin aioli, side of fries again. You think they'd learn, maybe put in some standards. Hey, listen, if you're going to order a Bat Burger, it's fine. 
but you got to cook it medium, period. Only medium we serve. Like you go to a restaurant in Wuhan, you walk in, you go, oh, I'll, oh, the bat, the bat burger special. It's great. Uh, can I get it medium rare? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. For uh, national uh, health and international health reasons, we have to cook all bat burgers medium well, medium well. So, you know, because we don't have another pandemic, you know. But I guess not. I mean, I guess these restaurants and, and places have not learned their lesson from COVID, right? Obviously. I mean, just the other day, I went to a brewery by my house and I was, I was craving, you know, a nice bloody bat burger because I do like them nice and rare. Bloody, you know, like bloody as hell. I'm, I'm an alpha. What can I say? I'm a, I'm a man, you know? And I, I, but again, you know, you go to the food truck and sorry, you know, we really got to grill this baby up. But we have standards in America now. We just don't have those standards in China yet. And I'm just shocked that the restaurant industry hasn't learned. But what are you going to do? I mean, maybe someday they will. Maybe it's just, you know, it probably is more about freedom than anything else, to be honest with you. Uh, It's probably just the fact that in China, people love their freedom so much that they just wouldn't put up with it if they couldn't get a bat burger cooked at their temperature that they wanted. I mean, think about it, right? Like go to Texas and, and try to put in a rule that, Steaks have to be medium well. It's not going to fly. I mean, I'm an American. I'm a man. And I want what I want. So if I go and I want a medium rare burger, I want a medium rare burger. If I go to a place and they say, we don't cook at that, then I believe my freedom is being stripped. If the government tries to say, I can't have a medium rare steak or a medium rare burger, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be very upset. First of all, by the way, when it comes to steaks, and I mean this sincerely, and I did, I had a nice chat today with the CEO of Omaha Steaks. By the way, use my promo code Zioli. You'll get an extra 30 bucks off your order and give the show credit, of course, for it too. But, um, it, you know, we talked about uh, the sous vide method of doing steaks, which is something I have not really gotten into yet, but it's on my list. You can take the Omaha Steaks and put them right into the water. And But anyway, I was thinking about that from the perspective of, you should never cook a steak, in my opinion, more than medium rare. I like a nice char on the outside. Bat, after medium, gets tough. You know what I mean? It gets tough. And that's the problem. Pangolin, too, is the same way. And raccoon dog? Have you, Matt DeSantis, have you ever had an overcooked raccoon dog? Oh, for, it's the worst. It is the worst. Why even bother to eat the raccoon dog if it's not done right? See, I, I, I almost equate it to turkey. It's like... Uh, <laughs> It's no matter what you do to it, it's still dry. I was deep frying my turkey on Thursday, having a lovely time. The, the trick to deep frying is you cannot leave the deep fryer unattended. You know that, right? Yeah, I've seen lots of videos where the thing just goes up into flames. So what do you do? You have to sit there. So I didn't want to do this, but I had to get away from my family, my in-laws. And so I had to sit. And of course, you can't do it by the house because it's, it's, you know, you're boiling peanut oil. So I had to do it far away from the house to make sure that nothing could happen, couldn't burn the house down. And I had to monitor it the whole time. So I had to sit out there and drink a bourbon and smoke a cigar by myself for an hour on my Thanksgiving day. I couldn't be around my in-laws for an entire hour. That's the sacrifice that I make for my family, you see. That was nice that you kind of took one for the team. I had to. Somebody had to do it. So that somebody was me. <laughs> and that bowler is you, Roy. So I, that was me. I sat out there and then, you know what? I mean, time went by. I actually had to light a second cigar because. <laughs> oh, man, that's you know. brutal. Well, yeah, oh, you geez. know, because, again, I don't want to undercook the turkey. You oh, got to make really it just stinks. right. Yeah. 
So then I threw in a little pangolin dog as I was going to do a little appetizer. And um, yeah, it just came out tough. It really did. <laughs> no, raccoon dog, right? It was Yeah, raccoon dog. Raccoon dog. Yeah. So pa- bats, pangolins, and raccoon dogs. Yeah. Pangol- yeah, pangolin meat's a whole separate thing. Yeah, it's a whole That's other always thing. tender. Yeah, but you know, pa- pa- uh, pangolin foie gras is fantastic. Uh, people don't uh, appreciate that enough. expensive, though. Costco. Yeah. Oh. They, yeah. They you get it. Cost- Costco in Wuhan. They have it. They have it on special. I was just there. The Costco wet market section. Oh. The the delicious. wet market section of Costco is absolutely fantastic. It really they have expanded. Uh, so I digress. I guess that's what happened. It's the only thing I can think of. Uh, I can't explain it otherwise. But that's what's happening right now in China. A brand new pandemic sweeping the country. Pneumonia. Now, let's see, this time last year, no, not this year, but in 2020, we had the first cases of COVID-19 coming out of Wuhan. Back then, it was a mystery illness, if you remember, and they kept it hush-hush. The military world games had gone on, and people got sick, and this is why I still think it was a bioweapon to go after our military. But the timelines are very similar to this, and then think about the effect COVID had on the 2020 presidential election. But if you look at the timeline, November of 2020, COVID was sweeping Wuhan. They were just lying about it, but it was sweeping the country. And that was before they even were purposely sending people to be super spreaders around the earth. But according to Colin Rugg here on Twitter, so mystery pneumonia is sweeping over China, causing people to overwhelm hospitals just in time for the 2024 election. Chinese officials are now encouraging people to wear masks, social distance, and stay at home. China's health ministry is downplaying the sickness, saying the uptick in cases was caused by the flu and other known pathogens. These mystery viruses, and again, always outside, always, always, always China. And mainly just because of their, again, the, just, it's just the nature of the people in China love freedom like no one else in the world. And you're not going to tell me how to cook my bat. No way. No how. I want it rare. I'm doing it rare. Pittsburgh style. I'll do a bat Pittsburgh style. You know, that's when you do a nice sear on the outside and then it's rare on the inside, almost like frozen. Have you ever done Pittsburgh style? No, I thought those with fries. Well, that's a sandwich. No, that's totally different. Pittsburgh styles. You go to a, you go to a good steakhouse and you ask them Pittsburgh style, like Capitol Grill or something like that. What they'll do is they'll do that. They'll sear it on the outside, but on the inside, it's rare. I'm rare. I've always wondered if Pittsburgh style is the same as blue rare. That well, it is. It it's is, exactly okay. right. Yeah, blue rare. I I do I do a Pittsburgh style char on the outside, medium rare. That, <laughs> of course. How else are you going to eat it? Right. So you know, and I don't like I like a dry rub on my bat. Don't don't <laughs> marinate that. I don't, no way. You <laughs> you marinate my bat, we're gonna have a problem. I want a nice dry rub. So. And the freedom-loving people of China who've known nothing but freedom their entire lives, you're not going to tell them how to eat their food, bottom line. <laughs> no how. No, no way, no how. <laughs> when I think of freedom, I think of China. You think obviously. of China. Yeah. You should. It's a beacon of freedom to the world. Hi, uh, we're from the Wuhan Department of Health, so we wanted to ask all the restaurants that serve bat to voluntarily cook the bat to an internal temperature of 170 degrees. Yeah, sorry, that's not going to fly with my customers. They, uh... They're not going to go for that. Uh, yeah, I guess it could be. I mean, I, I, okay, maybe it's not the food. It could have been a lab leak, but I don't. I, I was told early on that that was not possible, that that was a conspiracy theory. So I've never 
even entertain the notion that it could have come from a lab. <laughs> because I was told very early on by the media and by the government, the CIA, and of course by Santo Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor, that there was no way it could have come from a lab. So I, I personally, three years later, have never even entertained the notion of a lab leak theory. Maybe one day I'll read up on it. It's possible. Oh, wait, Vanity Fair has a story about that today, but it's perfect timing. Uh, Secret warnings about Wuhan research predated the pandemic. A series of previously unreported alarms and clashes over U.S.-funded research in China reveal longstanding friction between two groups of government scientists, those who prioritize international collaboration and those who are kept up at night by the idea that cutting-edge technologies could end up in the wrong hands. Imagine that. In late October 2017, a U.S. health official from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, that's Fauci's old shop, by the way, arrived at the Wuhan Institute of Virology for a glimpse of an eagerly anticipated work in progress. The WIV, a leading research institute, was putting the finishing touches on China's first biosafety level four laboratory. Operating with the highest safeguards in the lab would ensure scientists to study some of the world's most lethal pathogens. And don't forget, create them. Let's not forget that part of it, too. They could study the pathogens. They could also create the pathogens. And then they could create the treatment for those pathogens. So you see, you win going in, you win going out. Big Pharma wins on both sides. Everybody's happy. Got to wet my beak. Got to wet my beak. You know what I mean? The project had support from Western governments seeking a more robust partnership with China's top scientists. France had helped design the facility. Canada, before long, would send virus samples. And in the U.S., the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases was channeling grant dollars through an American organization called EcoHealth Alliance to help fund the WIV's cutting-edge corona research, coronavirus research. That funding allowed the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease official who worked out of the embassy in Beijing to become one of the first Americans to tour the lab. Her goal was to facilitate cooperation between America and Chinese scientists. Nevertheless, says Asha M. George, executive director of the Bipartisan Commission on Biodefense, a nonprofit that advises the U.S. government on biodefense policy. If you want to know what's going on in a closed country, one of the things the U.S. has done is give them. Grant money. Yes, we did. In a country that oppresses its people and has no outside communications and state-run media and, of course, no freedom, we gave them grant money. Very smart move. In emails obtained by Vanity Fair, this NIAID official told her superiors what she gleaned from the technician who served as her guide. The lab, which was not yet fully operational, was struggling to develop enough expertise among its staff a concern in a setting that had no tolerance for errors. According to the technician, being the first biosafety level four in the country, they have to learn everything from zero. They rely on those scientists who have worked in P4 labs outside China to train the other scientists how to operate. She also learned something else alarming from the technician. Ready? Researchers at the WIV intended to study Ebola, but Chinese government restrictions prevented them from importing samples. As a result, they were considering using a technique called reverse genetics to engineer Ebola in the lab. Did you did you hear that? 
Did you get that? <laughs> Very funny. As a result, they were considering using a technique called reverse genetics to engineer Ebola in the lab. Anticipating that this information would set off alarm bells in the U.S., the official cautioned, I don't want the information, particularly using reverse genetics to create viruses, to get out. They didn't want the information to get out. Well, you know, information like that gets out, people lose respect for you, and they, so, you know, it, it doesn't, doesn't look good. So they want to make sure that they kept that a secret. I don't want the information, particularly using reverse genetics to create viruses, to get out, which would affect the ability for our future information gain, meaning it would impair the collaboration between the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and the WIV. So they're doing the work, they're doing the deed, and they're saying, but sh- you can't let anybody know about this, okay, because we can't let people know. Uh, there was good reason to fear that such a revelation could derail the fledgling partnership. One year earlier, the U.S. Department of Energy had warned other agencies, including the parent entity, the National Institutes of Health, that advanced genetic engineering techniques could be misused for malign ends. The Energy Department had developed a classified proposal reported on here for the first time to ramp up safeguards against the possibility and develop tools to better detect evidence of genetic engineering. The proposal, which was not implemented in its suggested form, prompted a heated interagency battle on January 10th of 2018 as the uh, National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease official prepared her official trip report for the U.S. Embassy in Beijing. She wrote to colleagues, I was shocked to hear what he said about reverse engineering Ebola. I also worry the reaction of people in Washington when they read this. The technician is only a worker, not a decision maker, nor a principal investigator. So how much should we believe what he said? But I don't feel comfortable for broader audience with the government within the government circle. It could be very sensitive. It's hard to know who to believe these days in these situations. Do you believe the tech or do you not believe the tech? I don't know. I guess you got to trust your gut on those those situations. So she certainly did. She trusted her gut. Among the recipients of that email was F. Gray Hanley, the NAID's Associate Director for International Research Affairs. He agreed with the official's assessment advisor, as we discussed, delete that comment. Now, a very, very sensitive but unclassified cable was sent out by the U.S. Embassy in Beijing. I'll tell you exactly what it said upon my return. 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Coming right back. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. All right, so 855-839-1210 is the number. So this uh, story here from Vanity Fair is very interesting about the lab in Wuhan, the WIV, and what was going on there and what they tried to keep secret from getting out. And that was that they were going to basically reverse engineer Ebola. They were going to create Ebola in the lab. And this is not good. You shouldn't try to make Ebola. You know what I mean? So you shouldn't try to make any of these viruses. Just not good. That doesn't help anybody. On January 19th, the U.S. Embassy in Beijing issued a sensitive but unclassified cable that included concerning details from the NIAID's official tour. It said that WIV scientists themselves had noted the serious shortage of appropriately trained technicians and investigators needed to safely operate. 
But the cable did not include the information that her colleagues apparently found most worrying. For synthetic biologists, you see, the idea of engineering Ebola isn't seen as particularly unusual. Reverse genetics, using the CRISPR gene editing technology developed roughly a decade ago, is now a widely used laboratory technique. And the WIV's Biosafety Level 4 lab was designed to safely research Ebola, be it natural or man-made. Some scientists argue that for research purposes, it can be safer to make a deadly pathogen in-house than to risk transporting it. And that's always the question. You know, do you, do you, do you drive the Ebola in or do you just make the Ebola? It's, it's kind of like pizza. Do you get takeout or do you just make it? You know, it's sort of the same. And I struggle with that myself all the time. I mean, I could fire up the pizza oven and I could make pizza or I can just call and get it delivered. Same thing with Ebola. It's this exact same. You know, but if you transport the pizza by the time it gets to the house, a lot of times what happens is the pizza, the humidity from the box makes the pizza soggy. So it really depends on how far you're going to go. I, as a tip, you do what you want. But what I do is I always crack open the top of the pizza box a little bit, let some of the steam out. This way, the pizza does not, the humidity does not cause the crust to get soggy. One of my, the only techniques there. Uh, but when I'm transporting Ebola, it's different because it's a, you know, it could kill me. So that's this. So I tend to go with the make the Ebola in-house argument. But it's sort of the same with pizza too, because a lot of times you order crappy takeout and you're like, oh man, this is just underwhelming. But every time I make my homemade pizza, it's a home run. Anyway, so the, uh, the officials fear that based on the WIV training, the staffing challenges combined with the apparent interest in reverse engineering Ebola would spark alarm, and she told congressional investigators the fatality rate in some Ebola outbreaks has reached well over 50%. When it comes to headlines and people spouting blood from every orifice, Ebola is, a, is about as bad as it gets. The risks of the WIV producing something new or unknown may have driven the government's concern. Bottom line is this. The lab was not safe the people were not trained you should not be making ebola there but they didn't stop there that's the problem gerald parker who's a former commander of the u.s army medical research institute of infectious diseases said any effort to shield the technicians ebola remarks from wider scrutiny within the federal government would be a dereliction of responsibility but the technician was told delete the comment they were warning the U.S. Embassy in Beijing was warning what's going on here. They're making Ebola. They're not prepared for this. It's like having an amateur make pizza in my oven. Not ready for this. You're not ready for it. Sure, I'll let you play with the kids and make kid dough and pizza with the kids and they can stretch it and things like that. But I'm not going to serve that to the adults. All right. I always reserve a little dough for the kids. And then I let the kids do it. And it's a fun bonding experience. Beautiful time. I'm not eating it, though, obviously. It's the same thing with this. You know what I mean? It's, it's the exact same thing. You, you, you turn around and you say, these people don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. So why are you letting them do this? Some view ongoing questions about biosafety at the WIV as part of a Republican campaign to discredit Asanto Fauci, who led the NAID for 38 years, and to attack science more broadly. But U.S. government warnings about scientific collaborations in autocratic countries, predate the pandemic and cut across partisan lines, they write. Concerns flagged in the Obama administration persisted through the Trump administration and are being examined today. 
The administration is actively engaged in a process incorporating input from all relevant federal agencies to evaluate and update biosafety and biosecurity policies. Blah, 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 blah. Now, I like this quote because I always think of my dark, my dark side, the dark triad. There's a dark side to certain research, says Jason Paragus. Just because you're doing it to publish a paper doesn't mean no one is going to do anything bad. They did a six-month investigation. They found an almost decade-long trail of warnings issued by the Department of Energy to other government agencies, including the NIH, concerning the risk that U.S.-funded biology research could be misused by overseas partners. In mid-2019, an Energy Department official went so far as to issue a specific warning about the coronavirus research the agency was funding at the WIV. Let me say that again. In mid-2019, an Energy Department official went so far as to issue a specific warning to the National Institutes for Allergy and Infectious Diseases about the coronavirus research the agency was funding at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. In other words, Anthony Fauci was warned. Operating out of a sprawling 300-acre campus in Bethesda, Maryland, the National Institutes of Health describes itself as the federal focal point for health research. Each year, it makes more than uh, 50,000 grants, distributing the majority of its $48 billion budget to researchers in the U.S. and around the world. $5.3 billion in the last fiscal year alone. And uh, the whole thing about grant money, it's everything. Grant money is everything. Without it, you're not doing anything. You need the money. It's all about the fazuls. I always tell you that. It's all the money, right? So what happens is you have all these people competing. You've got this pot of money. And what we started doing, and this is a question that Mark Lipsitch, I'm going to make sure I get that name right. Mark Lipsitch, a professor of epidemiology at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health asked, he said, I don't see why science funding should be reserved for friendly countries. Why are we just giving it to our friends? Why don't we give it to places like China? That's what this guy, uh, Lipsitch, asked. By the way, don't forget your Zeoli Army hoodies today, 20% off. All the, all the Talk Radio 1210 WPHD merch for Cyber Monday, 20% off today. So you get that Kelly Green Zeoli Army hoodie you've been after, or the blue color. Just go to WPHD.com and you can get it. WP, 1210WPHD.com. 1210WPHD.com. I also have it posted on my, my X. I've got the bookmark. Now, the, uh, the scientists in the federal government, though, using all this research that they were doing, DNA editing, gene editing, all these things, there's a dark side of this research, a very dark side. And what they found was that these people would spend their time in a dark world faced with the nastiness of what could go on. You know, you go into a dark world. Sometimes you don't even know yourself anymore. Am I right? Diane D.L. Lewis, a distinguished research fellow at the National Defense University, said sometimes they flag concerns for scientists who, given their focus on open research, are not willing to even contemplate what they're talking about. You keep it inside. You know, you hide it from the world. Because if it gets out, it's not going to be good. And that's what they were doing. But Vanity Fair, and why Vanity Fair, I have no idea. 
it's not particularly they're not known necessarily for their investigative journalism, but they reveal that in the months and years leading up to the pandemic, officials at the NIH and the Department of Energy repeatedly locked horns over issues related to global scientific collaboration. They warned them about the national security risks posed by gene editing and its possible use by hostile foreign adversaries, including China. Yeah, in fact, they issued a very specific warning in mid-2019. Dan Briette, who's been on the show, came on the show many times when he was the deputy secretary of the United States Department of Energy. And he was, he's a great guy. Dan Briette's a great guy. In fact, Victoria Coates used to work with him. Turns out, and this is going to be one of those things where you go, wait a second, wait a second. This really happened? I'm having a tough time believing this. This really, really happened. In mid-2019, just months before the pandemic began, Deputy Energy Secretary Dan Briette alerted a top Fauci advisor that the coronavirus research the U.S. was helping to fund at the WIV risked being misappropriated for military purposes. Based on classified threat assessments and concerns raised by DOE scientists, Briette urged the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases to use caution in its collaborations with Chinese government scientists. His warning should have served as a red flag for any research the agency was conducting with China. Literally saying the Chinese military could use the diseases that they were making in the lab with our money. Unbelievable. There's a lot more to this. There's a lot more to everything. We're only beginning to unravel it all for you. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. So I mentioned how I like a good steak. And I love the fact that when you, you nail it with a steak, I mean, you, you stick the landing on that. Everybody's thrilled and happy. And Omaha Steaks makes it easy for you to look good and save some real money. Because when you use my promo code Zioli at checkout, you're going to get $30 off your order. Five generations of family-owned expertise means uncompromised quality you can trust. Now, since the holidays are here, you skip the store, you skip the lines. Today's Cyber Monday. You go on right now to omahasteaks.com. You're going to find 50% off site-wide. And you'll save an extra $30 when you use my name, Zioli, at checkout. And there's something for everybody on your list. It really is a great gift. Nobody ever returns delicious food. There's easy-to-prepare comfort meals for during the week. Top-line steaks. You know, I talked to um, the CEO of Omaha Steaks today. Every single steak that Omaha Steaks sells is aged for a minimum of 28 days. 28 days. And they are vacuum sealed at the height of their freshness and per, and, then, and then flash frozen. So you could take that steak and keep it in the bag if you wanted to do the sous vide method and defrost it and then you got, you got it in the vacuum sealed bag and then finish it off on the grill, get that nice char going. No matter what, everybody will love when that cooler shows up at their house, you can have a gift wrapped and everything with delicious food. 50% off site-wide, plus an extra $30 off when you use my name, Zeolia Checkout. Every purchase backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee, the absolute best in the business. OmahaSteaks.com. Minimum order may be required. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. And on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will.
generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. So how's America doing economically? That's the question. We're going to tackle that this hour for you. Also the latest on the uh, hostage transfer. And the government's going after people for their speech again. This time, mean tweets. Mean tweets criticizing the Irish government. I will give you some of that as well today. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Don't forget, I opened the show today with a big story regarding the Biden administration tracking Every single American citizen who flew into the capital region on January 6, 2021, they're still actively tracking you if you're one of those people. We'll come back to that. We'll also get to uh, what's going on with this story from Vanity Fair about how the Department of Energy, our friend Dan Briette, warned Fauci in 2019, right before COVID, that the WIV was messing around with coronaviruses and that the Chinese military could get their hands on them. You know, I've always said, I think this thing was not a leak that was accidental. I think the leak was very intentional, premeditated, and was used by the Chinese military. Because I'm sorry, but things like that just don't happen. You got you to gotta think about it ahead of time. But let's turn to the economy for me for just a second. Dr. E.J. Antoni is the research fellow in the Heritage Foundation's Grover M. Herman Center for the Federal Budget. And he joins me now. E.J., what's up, Doc? <laughs> Rich, pleasure to be with you, especially after last night. I tell you, that game, I mean, I had Ajita the entire time. <laughs> yep. I, well, you know, Matt and I were just talking about it uh, right before this segment, how, you know, didn't think the Matt didn't think they were going to make the field goal. And then after the coin toss, like at all these different moments, thought for sure it was over, but they hung in there. He did. And I tell you, I'm a big fan of the Kelly Green. I really am. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. Yeah, that's that's the that's the color right there. Uh, All right. So talk to me about today's Cyber Monday. And I feel like it feels like every day Cyber Monday It really does, doesn't it? I mean, I I don't know what Black Friday was like for America. So I'm glad you're coming on the show. I just know one thing, and that was that I was not going near a store on Black Friday. You couldn't have paid me enough to go near a store on Black Friday. Uh, Wouldn't do it. So talk to me about how America did on Black Friday economically. Well, I actually had to run out on, on Black Friday. I had to replace a, a, a washer hose. So I, w- I was forced to go to Home Depot, even though I didn't want to actually go on Black Friday. But honestly, the store was not that busy. So it, it looks like more and more Americans are continuing that trend of moving their shopping from the brick and mortar to online, w- which is totally fine. In fact, in a lot of ways, it's more efficient. The, the thing that's really troubling me about the spending this year, though, is that Americans at a pace we've never seen before are choosing this buy now, pay later option that a whole host of different retailers are beginning to offer because people just simply are strapped for cash right now. And we have too many maxed out credit cards. And so this is essentially a way for a lot of people to spend around those limits that they have. But the problem is all that spending has to be paid back in the future. And if you can't pay your bills now, what makes you think you're going to be able to pay them next year? Because you're looking at the government as a role model and they don't pay their bills. It doesn't matter how much debt they rack up. So maybe people live their life that way going, well, if the government doesn't have to pay back the money they owe, why should I? (laughs) Well, especially when you have some of those people who are actually living off the government, a.k.a. the taxpayer, on a whole host of different welfare programs. Yeah, I, I can certainly see how you would have that mentality. Now, 
this problem, though, of debt, this, this problem of credit card debt and this problem of, of macro debt, too, uh, why doesn't the Biden administration just forgive it? You know, like they did with student loan debt. They try to do with that. Why not just forgive everyone's credit card debt? That could be a huge boom to the economy, right? Oh, well, we're at it. Why stop there? Let's get rid of everyone's mortgages. Let's get rid of everyone's auto loans. Let's just, quote unquote, forgive it all. But you know, here's the thing, Rich. Unless you're the creditor, unless you're the person the money is owed to, you can't forgive anything. Uh, otherwise, you're literally it's hard just to telling forgive, the- EJ. EJ, it's hard to forgive. It takes a lot. <laughs> and when you cross well, let me, me, let me put it- you know. I'm just saying. Oh, you're talking about loan forgiveness. I thought you were talking about emotional forgiveness. Loan forgiveness, yes, you're right. It's it, 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 When you forgive a loan, it means that it goes away, but the money doesn't go away. This is what people don't understand. So explain it to us. You don't just wave a magic wand and go, okay, now this, this debt is just gone off the books. It doesn't really work that way in the real world, right? Right, exactly. So uh, imagine if I owed you 100 bucks, but you know, right before we got on the phone, uh, uh, you know, Matt, the sanctimonious over there said, hey, EJ, you know what? I'm going to forgive that debt. So now you don't actually have to repay Rich. And now I get on the phone with you and I say, hey, Rich, great news. You know, Matt forgave the debt. You're going to say, well, 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 hold on. Wait a second. It wasn't his debt to forgive. And so whenever the government, quote unquote, forgives a debt, all they're doing is they're using taxpayer dollars to pay off the creditor, which just means that instead of the money being owed to a person over here, it's now owed to uh, it's now owed by the taxpayer. In other words, we're all on the hook for it. So when Biden says I'm going to forgive a hundred billion, 200 billion, however much it is in student loans, look at that as a new tax on you, because that's exactly what it is. Dr. E.J. Antoni is with me, research fellow in the uh, the Heritage Foundation's Grover M. Herman Center for the Federal Budget. Uh, so then talk to me about this. And this this is an important point, too. On Black Friday, which is when a lot of retailers see black and things are good and sales are good. And today's Cyber Monday. And, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing now this shift in America from brick and mortar stores to now everybody online. But the brick and mortar stores, even though they may not be getting the foot traffic they used to get pre-COVID, they're getting something else, which is they're getting massive retail theft. And the numbers have come out on the retail theft problem in the United States of America and the cost on these retailers. And it is in the billions and billions of dollars a year, just retail theft. So while responsible people are saying, I don't want to go into a store because I don't want to deal with the crowds. I'm going to sit home and I'm going to I'm going to buy something online. A lot of people are going into stores, but they're walking out without paying for the items that they that they have. That's a major problem that's at some point also going to catch up to us here. Exactly. In fact, it's catching up to us now in the form of higher prices. One of the things that is driving retail prices up this season is the fact that retailers are having to make up for all the theft. And it can have a dramatic increase because, you know, if, if a store, let's say, only only has a margin of a few cents on an item, when that item gets stolen, they're not just losing the couple of cents that they made in margin, they're losing the entire cost. And so you now need to make up for that 
again, in the form of higher prices and what looks like a doubling or tripling of the store's margin from the consumer's perspective is literally nothing more than than breaking even. But I do want to point out that, you know, unfortunately, this is extending beyond the brick and mortar stores, and it has now become a huge problem for Amazon. They have this massive problem now with their delivery drivers and other people within their supply chain who are helping themselves to that five-finger discount, and it's doing the exact same thing to prices on Amazon as well. It's pushing them upwards because, again, the business has to make up for those lost costs somehow. New York retailers lost $4.4 billion due to organized shoplifting rings in 2022. $4.4 billion. And this is from the New York Post. They say retailers across New York State say there's no end in sight to the rising epidemic of organized shoplifting rings and warn it could lead to more store closures, increased costs for consumers, and threats of violence against store employees. Store owners said they lost 4.4, this is just in New York, $4.4 billion last year as a result of retail theft. That's an insane amount of money, but this is the problem. It is organized. I, the other night, had to go to a, uh, had a wedding in South Jersey in Cherry Hill, and I parked in my buddy's house. I won't name the town, but the town is having a problem with people stealing cars. And the reason why is the proximity to the New Jersey Turnpike. And so they have these organized rings that go out and they steal cars and they just, you know, take them right up to Newark and put them on the docks and get them out of the country to Africa, Asia, wherever they're going. But these these groups are organized and they're they're brazen about it. And this is something that now has gone from just the person walking into a store and doing the old five finger discount to now where you've got organized theft. And the reason why, EJ, I think this is happening is my theory is that. People will always take advantage and human nature will always sometimes go to dark places. So if, if, if the left has said we're not going to actually prosecute retail theft because we, we, we feel bad for people, well, then real bad people are going to take advantage of that and they're going to say, well, then let's get in on the action. And that's exactly what you're seeing here. Absolutely, Rich. And and it goes all the way from New York to L.A., where you have these crazy left-wing DAs who, as you said, refuse to prosecute so-called petty theft. Please explain to me how it's petty theft when 200 teenagers are assaulting these stores and breaking down doors and windows to steal hundreds of thousands of dollars in merchandise at a time. And, And as you said, nothing is done. No arrests are made. There are no prosecutions. There's no following up with with law enforcement. In fact, what a lot of these retailers have begun to do now is simply lock everything up in their stores. This has become a big trend now with pharmacies because they know there is no point in reporting the theft after it happens to police because nothing will be done. So all they can do is try to prevent it in the first place. Yeah, and, 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 and the bleeding heart philosophy that says, all right, we're going to allow you to steal up to $995 worth of crap. And then, because, you know, EJ, what I do is I bring a calculator. When I steal my retail theft, I always make sure I'm not over that limit. Once you get that thousand bucks, man, the world changes. Am I right? I mean, it comes down on your heart. Oh, I, I, absolutely. So, you know, the, my my recommendation is, you know, do do your planning ahead of time. Yes. So look up all the prices, you know, online. So then when you get to the store, you don't actually have to sit there with your calculator. I mean, that can get awkward, you know. <laughs> Dr. E.J. Antonio, always a pleasure, my friend. And uh, we will talk again soon. Go Birds. Go Birds. See you, Rich. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 
Uh, yeah, and this story is pretty amazing. Retail theft at convenience stores throughout the state. Not as organized as some of the retailers, but it is as dangerous and impactful. Members have reported that the theft that leaves stores in shambles, criminals see cigarettes, lottery tickets, anything they can get their hands on. In fact, one store reported a thief threw a pot of coffee at a clerk, adding that his uh, trade group stands ready to work with state and local authorities and other business groups that control the issue. You know what goes on, right? And this is this is exactly what I mean by this. Uh, when you've got these situations, oh, wait, was this now? There's a CNN report last week. Oh, self-checkout for the rise. Oh, yeah, blaming the victim, as we call it. You still have that report? I actually do, yeah. let me Give me a second, I can find it. <clears throat> when, my observation is this. When I was doing the uh, Thanksgiving shopping, I ran into Wegmans, and I was, I, I, I'm a big fan of the self-checkout, but I noticed that the lines of the self-checkout were actually longer than the lines that were, that the, the, the manned, or I don't want to say manned, personed. I don't want Justin Trudeau to yell at me. Humaned? What, what's the correct... You don't want to say manned anymore. So there, there was uh, personed? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I don't want Fidel Castro's work. bastard love child to get upset with me, so I'm going to say uh, personed. Well, there are a lot of people identifying as cats now. Did, you, did so. he miss that? Did he miss that? Well, I, I was trying to solve it. Oh, conundrum. man, he did. Mm. No. Boom. Well, oh, this is a good day. It's official. Well, I do. This is turning I, out to be a good day. It's been a very I, tough day, but it's now turning out to be a good day. I want to make sure that our audience understands that the official stance of the Rich Zioli show is that Justin Trudeau is the son of Pierre Trudeau. Allegedly. Anyway, where's that clip that you have from CNN? You got it oh, for I'm me? I'm trying to find it right now. <clears throat> the bastard love child of Fidel Castro would be very upset no. if I said I was at a manned checkout lane. <laughs> it's uh, it's humankind, even though human has the word man in it, which I've never understood. But so anyway, so I went to the personed line where there was a human being and I always make sure I say hello and I talk to them. I put my phone down. I try to be polite and have conversation. Uh, and it went by fine. It was it was quick. But uh, what's happening, I think is not the self-checkout, it's the freaking bag ban. Because you can walk out of a store now with a shopping cart full of stuff that you didn't pay for, and they don't know if you did or not, because in the old days, you would put that stuff into a bag and you would walk out with that bag. Nowadays, I look, I constantly forget my bags, and I refuse to buy new ones. <clears throat> I refuse. I will not do it. I, will, I would rather carry everything in my arms and go running across the parking lot like a crazy person and just chuck it all in my trunk, then buy a bag. It's a principal thing with me at this point. I always forget them, and I run into the store, and I never have them, and I'm not buying them. I refuse. So that means either I have to buy less, I stuff my pockets with, with, with things under my shirt. It looks like I'm stealing, but I paid for all of it. But I've got, I got you know, stuff. I got a big thing of uh, gabagool under my shirt. You know what I mean? A big thing of gabagool, and I'm running out in the parking lot with my gabagool, and, uh, you know, sometimes the gobble comes out and it's very awkward. This is the CNN report on the reasons behind the retail theft epidemic in America. Take a listen. Yeah, Rahel, I think anybody who's used a self-checkout machine can tell you all the issues with it. You know, you misscan something. It asks, oh, which vegetable do you want? Then you have to call over the employee. <laughs> um, self, you know, self-checkout was designed as a way for stores to save money on labor costs and make the experience for customers better. But as we see, 
employees still have to man the self-checkout um, counters, and they often end up taking longer than going through a regular cashier because of all these issues. Uh, yeah. So what did the, the British grocery store say um, about why it's removing self-checkout? Same issues? Same issues, Rahel. So booths in the, in the UK, I, had, I have to admit, I had not heard of booths, but they're certainly getting a lot of attention for this move. They say that customers are frustrated with it, point out all of the issues. And they, so they just want to go back to old fashioned human beings uh, checking people out. Uh, Yeah, I think a lot of consumers would like to see old-fashioned human beings as well. Um, Nathaniel, while I have you, what are some of the issues that the U.S. retailers seem to be facing? So in the U.S., we we are particularly, uh, stores are particularly focused on issues with shoplifting. Um, It's much easier, of course, to steal stuff through self-checkout than it is when you're going through a cashier. So Walmart, Costco, Wegmans, Five Below, they're all um, starting to pull back on self-checkout. And not only with, with is it easier to shoplift, but people just happen to make mistakes. Maybe they, they scan the wrong Apple um, or, or another product. And so that leads to more loss. And as, as you and I have talked a lot about, Rahel, retailers are dealing with higher levels of shoplifting, higher levels of shrink and merchandise losses. So they're really looking for ways um, to, to crack down on that. Nathaniel Meyerson insisted that the anxiety over shoplifting is spreading across the United States is actually a stand-in for larger concerns. He wrote this op-ed, ready? A stand-in for larger concerns of cultural, economic, or political changes. Taking his readers on a half-potted journey through the recent past, Meyerson explained that worries about private property theft have historically been driven by alarm about the, quote, changing role of women, counterculture fears, and a desire to oppose criminal justice policy reforms. And not the fact, I guess, that retailers in New York lost $4.4 billion because of retail theft. It's not that. It's fears about women in the workplace or something. Changing role of women. Well, you know, their roles change all the time. What can you say? 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. we got a lot more to talk about. The show is just getting started today. But I want to remind you, WPHE is having a Cyber Monday sale today. 20% off all hoodies. Get your Zioli Army hoodie. Kale & Company, Dom Time, Krasner Land. It's all there for you. 1210WPHE.com. I'm a big favorite of the Kelly Green, Zioli Army. But the blue is gorgeous, too. It's a gorgeous color. You get 20% off today on Cyber Monday. Just go to 1210WPHT.com, 1210WPHT.com. But I see, I was thinking if you get the Kelly Green hoodie, 20% off today, then you can root for the Eagles. You can wear it to every Eagles game from now until when we win the Super Bowl, and you'll be good to go. That can be your gear, and you'll look exactly like you are a fan of the Eagles, which, of course, you are. And if you're not, you're still going to be rooting for them anyway. So trust me when I tell you that. You will be wearing green this Super Bowl, most likely. And the Kelly green will look beautiful on you. Absolutely will. 1210WPHE.com. Get it today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours... The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, so... We continue here on the show today. I'm just looking up uh, some breaking news. There's a lot of breaking news going on in the world, uh, particularly around the hostage issue with Hamas and Israel. So we're going to cover some of that for you as well. I'm just trying to get my hands on this this story out of New Jersey, where, let's see, New Jersey is now leading the nation in foreclosures. Foreclosures. Oof. Not good. Not good. Uh, the the state of New Jersey, wow. Um, just trying to understand a little bit about this. This is my buddy Matt Rooney's blog, SaveJersey.com. New Jersey leads the nation in foreclosures. He says it's a potentially grim portent for the new year as New Jersey families begin their holiday season. According to Adam, it's a website which collects and shares real estate data. The Garden State presently tops the nation in foreclosures. At the moment, one out of 4,300 homes in the United States is in the foreclosure process. In New Jersey, it's one out of every... 2,300 residential properties. Quote from Assemblyman Bob Auth, the Republican uh, member of the legislature, said, the Murphys want you to put your trust in them for high office while the company they work for and others like it are doing this to the homeowners of New Jersey. Wow. Good stuff. Good times. All right, here's what's going on in Israel. Let me share this with you as well. Uh, John Kirby, the secretary, the spokesman, I should say, for the Pentagon, who's out there all the time, the uh, question that was asked to him, because there still have Americans who are being held hostage, and that obviously is something people would like to see if there's a resolution to that, um, obviously. Kirby was asked that question today, cut number two. Any possibility that Americans will be among the 20 that we release over the next few days? Well, we certainly hope so. I mean, we're going to watch this very, very closely. We're certainly hoping that a- another batch of uh, hostages gets released today as part of the fourth and final day of the original agreement. Um, we're going to be watching closely to see if any Americans are in that group. As it, as it has come out over the last three days, we don't really know until you get into the end game who's going to be actually on that list. And, and then even then, you got to watch closely to seeing if who's on the list is the folks that actually come out. So we're watching and, and hoping. And you- mm-hmm. He's also asked, how concerned are you that the longer this truce lasts, Hamas is going to benefit? See, this is a question, right? Is as this truce goes on now, and I guess Israel's agreed to a couple more days here, how does how does this help Hamas reorganize, get ready to do more terrorism? Great question. Cut number three. You know, all along you've been very clear about concerns that a broader ceasefire would only benefit Hamas. Sullivan was pretty clear yesterday in saying that you know Hamas has been able to gain some benefit from this. How concerned are you that the longer this truce lasts, now six days, um, that Hamas will benefit? And how do you weigh that? It's a real risk. Um, uh, you have to expect a group like Hamas, a terrorist group, uh, which clearly doesn't abide by laws of war, will try to take advantage of any pause in the fighting for their own benefit. So we're watching that closely, as well as our Israeli counterparts. You can you can bet that they're watching that closely. Yeah, you think? You, you think so? I would imagine so. I would imagine they're watching that closely. Uh, 
Uh, let me tell you something too, and this is this is the 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 other problem here that I think we are all dealing with with this president and this lack of foreign policy, this this the con- continual perpetual money laundering operation that is the war in Ukraine. My friend sent this to me earlier today, and I'm glad she did because it really needs to get out there. So this guy Kim.com on Twitter tweeted this out. U.S. tax dollars at work. Zelensky allegedly bought two yachts via proxy worth over $75 million, as reported by the Islander. The names of the yachts are an insult to all Ukrainians. Lucky me and my legacy. That's the story. That's what is happening here. And the... uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky uses proxies to hide ownership of the yachts. This whole thing is a money laundering operation. Lucky me and my legacy. Why not just name the boats Lucky and Murder and just get it over with? Because you're <laughs> you're lucky and you're murdering my tax dollars. This is this is a money laundering scheme, Ukraine. And Biden's all over it. Senate is now nearing a vote on more money for Ukraine. And I want you to know this. Because this is where your taxpayer dollars are going. It's announced that there's going to be a vote this week. This week, which is now putting pressure on lawmakers to come up with a border security deal that they can use to pay assistance to the U.S. allies. So Biden and the Democrats and many Republicans are all turning around and saying, if you want aid to Israel, you got to do it with Ukraine. But Ukraine funding should be an up or down vote on its own. I don't think it passes. I really don't. I think aid to Israel passes. I don't think aid to Ukraine passes, which is why they're trying to link these two things together. And so now what they're going to do, and I'll tell you exactly how this is going to play out. You're about to get you're about to get screwed. Let me tell you how. Okay, let me tell you how you're about to get played here. The. The Republican rhino warmongers who love to spend money, which is most of them, they are going to turn around and tell you while they're shoving it up your you know what with Ukraine money that you're getting the best border deal in the world, so don't worry about it. That's exactly what's going to happen. You'll have Mitch McConnell come out, and then freeze up, and they have to reset him, and wind him up like a freaking watch. And they're going to say that the border, the, it's, and then you're going to turn around and say, I'll tell you what, you get the border deal out of this. So, yeah, give more money to Ukraine because you're going to get a border deal out of it. And what will happen is the border deal will be as useless as the money goes going to Ukraine. It will do nothing. It will change nothing. But it will give Republicans a talking point to be able to say, well, I didn't want to do it. You know, I didn't want to give that money to Ukraine, but had no choice because the border deal had to do it. Had to do it. Didn't want to do it. Had to do it. This border deals too much Too can't give it up. Got to go with it. And these people think we are the biggest suckers out there. Ahead of the Thanksgiving recess, asylum was the biggest holdup. This is the border issue. According to a number of people, Senators Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, James Lankford of Oklahoma, Chris Murphy of Connecticut, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, Michael Bennett of Colorado and Lindsey Graham are those most closely involved in the talks. You know, with the exception, honestly, really of. Uh, none of them. I don't like any of those people. I really don't. I, none of them. I'm very nervous about what's going to happen here because these are the warmongers, these, except for cinema. And I hate to say it, but I mean, she's, she's an independent now. She's not even a Democrat anymore, but these are the people that are pushing the Ukraine funding the most. 
They are also soft on the border. They're soft on immigration, amnesty, all of it. And they're going to turn around and they're going to say, this has to happen. Let me read you this quote. And this is exactly what you need to know here. Ready? Nothing would make autocrats like Putin or Xi happier right now than to see the United States waver in our support for the Ukrainian people and its military. This is not just about Ukrainian or transatlantic security. It's about American security as well, because an unchecked Putin would be an emboldened Putin. Got it? An unchecked Putin would be an emboldened Putin, they say. So you're going to wind up, you're going to, your money's going over there again. Of course, of course it is. Please come on. Give me a break. Let me play this clip for you right now. Uh, Biden was asked a question about the hostages that are over in the United States uh, being held by Hamas right now. And Biden's response from this press briefing regarding, do you have any guarantees that the Americans that are being held hostage are even alive at this point? Cut number one. Sir, do you expect that if you are able to use this momentum to extend the pause, have you extracted any guarantees about proof of life for other hostages? Or do you have an expectation of how much longer you could push this pause? Well, look, you know, the deal calls for for every for every 10 hostages released to extend another day. So I'm hopeful this is not the end. It's going to continue. But we don't know. And uh, but I get a sense that um, all the players in the region, even the neighbors who aren't and have been directly involved now, are looking for a way to end this. So the hostages are all released and Hamas is is completely, uh, how can I say it, no longer in control of any portion of Gaza. Uh-huh. Got that? So Biden has no clue, and he's not leading, obviously, in this entire thing. And yet at the same time we're talking about all of this, we're still talking about more funding for Ukraine. We have American hostages being held. And I, 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 I noticed what the House Intelligence Chairman Mike Turner had to say regarding this regarding Biden's handling of the hostages. And I just kind of think to myself, what would Ronald Reagan do in this moment? Cut number five. Speaking of the perils here, do you have any concerns that Hamas is delaying the release of American citizens to use them effectively as bargaining chips, Congressman? Exactly, which is why I'm concerned that the Biden administration didn't make it a condition of this deal that Americans be in the the first hostages that are released, especially since American aid is going into Gaza uh, right now into northern Gaza as part of the conditions that that Hamas had. Um, I think um, when the the administration says they they know every detail and then tell you that they don't even know if they're alive, that, that is certainly concerning. Also, the aspect, as you raised in the interview, is the Red Cross is supposed to be having access now to the remaining hostages. So we're supposed to be getting information as to you know, what their condition is, who is being held, because the hostage lists today are based on people who are missing. And Jake said that he expects that ultimately that will happen potentially by tomorrow. Why is that so critical? And do you anticipate it will happen by tomorrow? Are you getting any information that points to that? Well, I think it's, it's very, you know, this is a war zone. And so it's very um, unknowns are, are, are rampant. And the other aspect here is, is that we're not even sure that Hamas has all of the hostages. There are other radical groups within uh, Gaza uh, that might have possession of, of some of these hostages. We're not sure which ones are alive, uh, where their bodies may be in, in, the, in, in either Gaza or uh, 
where Hamas has held them? How will you know, the Red Cross be able to tell us you know, who's alive and, and who's not? And that, and that is part of certainly the, the terrible distress that these families go through. People who've been told that their relatives are deceased are now finding they're alive. People who believe they're alive may find out uh, tragic news. 855-839-1210 is the number. Don't forget, get your uh, Zioli Army Kelly Green hoodie. It'll look great on you. 20% off today for Cyber Monday deal. Uh, Cyber Monday. But the question, though, that I have to ask then is, how many Americans are still being held hostage? Do we know? Do we have proof of life? This is from today's White House press briefing. Do we even have life? Do we know if they're alive? Do we, do we have numbers? What? Tell us something. Tell us something about these Americans who are being held hostage. Kirby, cut four. John, how many Americans are still being held hostage, and do you have proof of life? We think the number is, um, well, it's less than 10, probably in the neighborhood of, you know, about eight to nine. Um, But we don't necessarily have firm, solid information on each and every one of them. We don't know. (laughs) We don't know. Just write the check to Ukraine. Don't worry about it, right? Don't worry about it. Stop asking questions you don't want answers to. So that's going to happen this week. So you're about to get screwed. And just know that that's what's going to be happening. Meanwhile, while all that's happening, of course, we have Hamas made in the USA. That's right. A piece over at National Review. Hamas made in the USA. Anti-Semitic terror has deep, surprising roots in American soil. Well, of course it does. Uh, college universities. That's a great place where they begin. They begin there, they fester there, and then they boil over. And that's what happens. But don't worry. College is where your kids need to go, because if they don't go to the government indoctrination camps, what's going to happen? So save up your money and get them useless degrees. Uh, You know, there's a a buddy of mine who was over today. He was actually fixing one of my appliances. Ray Polidoro, he is a uh, great guy, and he's Zioli Army of South Jersey. Good man. And we were, he was making that comment about, you know, college and the money and the debt and the waste of all of it is and everything and what happens and people have no jobs after and everything. I, I Yes, a lot of that's true. But I also think we're missing the other point about college, why they want everybody to go there. And that is because they want to make sure that everybody gets the indoctrination. That's what's happening. There's another story regarding January 6th I wanted to share with you, and this is regarding President Trump. Former President Trump, Jimmy Matthews, don't have a heart attack, don't have a coronary. Trump attorneys in the Jack Smith case demand all Department of Justice documents on informants, cooperators, undercover agents, and representatives at the Capitol on January 6th. This is a breaking story. It's a big deal, and I'm going to share this with you and how this could absolutely turn the tide of Trump's case. I have a theory on why he's doing this. I think it's very smart. It's a brilliant strategy, actually. And I'll give you my analysis of that in just a moment. But you know what? I love my Volvo. I tell you this all the time. I love it. I love how comfortable it is. I love how spacious it is. It's the XC40. It's incredibly roomy. Got a ton of space for cargo in there. And it looks gorgeous, too. But the best part is, of course, I got it at Cherry Hill Volvo. Because Cherry Hill Volvo stands with us. We broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios. In fact, uh, right now they're going through a big renovation at Cherry Hill Volvo, and this is a great opportunity for you to purchase the Volvo of your dreams. They need to make room for all of the construction equipment, so this month take their already generous offers and add these incredible offers. An additional $1,000 off all new Volvos plus owner loyalty. And $2,000 off when you're financing or leasing through Volvo Cars. 
plus a $7,500 lease rebate on plug-in Volvos. The dedicated professionals at Cherry Hill Volvo pride themselves in always delivering the luxury experience that you deserve, and they're going to certainly continue to do that throughout their remodeling of their dealership. They already have incredibly aggressive financial promotions going on to make sure that you have the best possible price, and they're adding these offers on top of those, which is great. I choose and continue to choose Cherry Hill Volvo. Bridget drives the XC90. That's the family car of the third row. But I'm telling you, the XC40 has more than enough room to make you very, very happy. You'll love it. Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Or maybe you want the S-Class made in South Carolina. Or maybe you want the midsize SUV, the XC60 that I used to drive. Either way, whether it's new, certified, pre-owned, or lease, you will be happy in a Volvo. And you'll be very happy when you go to Cherry Hill Volvo because they stand with us. The most accessible Volvo dealer to Philly and South Jersey right across the bridge. Judith, Yosef, and the entire team look forward to meeting you. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. There's a mayor in New Jersey, by the way. He's been charged in a crime, and I like I like this, actually. I, I respect this. He's uh, the longtime Republican mayor of Clark Township, New Jersey, and he's facing multiple state corruption charges, which were announced on Monday. His alleged public crimes include misusing township equipment and municipal employees to operate his landscaping business. What's more, according to the New Jersey Attorney General's office, he and his landscaping and underground storage tank company fraudulently used an engineer's name, license number, as well as in many cases, forging the engineer's signature on permit applications submitted to the town for tank removals. Knowing that the engineer was neither supervising nor in any way involved in these projects and without legally required tank inspections actually taking place. But it's like this, and this is the Jersey way. So the guy comes to the mayor and they need something. He goes, yeah, well, not for nothing, but my landscaping company can take care of that or my engineer can take care of that. I got a guy. The guy's him. And then he goes in there and then it's kind of like the old thing, you know, where the guy walks in and goes, "Mm, nice place you got here. Be a shame if something happened to it. The mayor was committing criminal acts for many years to enable his company to offer services it was not authorized or permitted to perform. The people's faith and confidence in government is eroded when public officials act improperly. And my office will continue its diligent work to root out corruption, said the attorney general, who also, in my mind, should be completely rooted out of office. Uh, This this is a a big reason why I am not a big believer in permits, you know, for homes, getting a permit, pulling a permit, these sort of things. It's all BS. It really is. And the House always wins and everybody's got to wet their beak and people got to eat and and. I I don't think the government should have any business in your home, in my opinion, none whatsoever, unless they have a warrant. But also because a lot of people take advantage of this stuff. The town gets a permit for this. You need a permit for that. You got to get the inspection for this. You got to get that, that guy and the other thing. And then before you know it, you're paying all these fees to the government. It's a big deal. Actually, it's a big deal. And this is something we've talked to the Pacific Legal Foundation about. They're a great libertarian leaning law firm out in the West Coast, and they represent homeowners and business owners who are getting royally screwed by the government in the form of fees, in the form of, of, of fees and fines and permit fees and all these other things. And it happens all the time. And it's also a major, major avenue for corruption. Why not? There was a, a, a guy who was a electrical inspector in a town and he'd go around and he would fail people on their electrical inspections. They're trying to sell a house. You know what I mean? 
So he'd go in there and he'd say, yeah, this doesn't look right. You got to fix this. And then he would get them to hire him to come in and fix the electric. Now, who? But wait, now in what universe were you going to say no to that guy? Think about it. I'm the inspector. I go into your home. I go, uh, yeah, I think these switches here. I don't know anything about anything when it comes to homes, obviously. So I don't know what they're called, but these uh, <laughs> circuit breakers, right? Yeah, I think these things are a little bit, what is that, 15 amp? 220, 225, whatever it takes. I don't think this is going to, I got to flunk you. Oh no, what do you mean? We got the closing on Monday. You can't flunk me. Well, I mean, I could fix it, but you don't have to use me. You could use another electrician. I just hope he does a good job. What are you going to do in that moment? You're going you're gonna to hire him to do the work and then inspect your own electrical box again and this time pass you after doing the work it's a racket baby it's a delicious it's a wonderful wonderful racket and everybody can enjoy the government corruption but this mayor decided he was going to use his company to get town jobs and then make the town use his company and make private people who wanted to do business with the town also use his company now that's the jersey way that's the jersey way right there I got this company, I'm the mayor, we'll do the business in the town, we'll get jobs, and if you want to get a job in this town, if you want to do business in this town, you'll also use my company. I got to wait, I got to love it, I absolutely do. Um, Well, the question, of course, that we all have to ask ourselves is, how do we really, really get to the bottom of corruption when it's so rampant? Well, you begin at the top, and right now we are watching as a corrupt federal government is going after the former president of the United States of America, Donald Trump. And it is absolutely a corrupt government. This is a government that is spying on you, tracking any and all Americans who went to the Capitol on January 6, 2021. No, I'm sorry, not the Capitol. Let me rephrase, not the Capitol building, the Capitol region. So if you flew into the Washington, D.C. Capitol region, which is served by Baltimore, Washington International Airport, it's served by Dulles Airport. It's served by Ronald Reagan Airport. I think it's just those three. If you flew into any of those for any reason, see a family member, go catch a game, whatever you wanted to do, nothing to do with the Capitol. You're being spied on right now by United States Air Marshals. I talked about this earlier, and I'll bring it up again. But you're being spied on by the government right now. The question that I have is, are the federal confidential informants who are also not just in the Capitol region on the left's high holy day of January 6th, but actually on the Capitol grounds that day, are they being monitored by air marshals? Huh? Well, we're about to find out who all those people are. Because Trump attorneys in the Jack Smith case are now demanding that the Department of Justice turn over all documents on informants, cooperators, undercover agents, and representatives at the Capitol on January the 6th. There was a discovery filed late last week in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia. Trump's legal team in the J6 case demanded that the Department of Justice and Special Counsel Jack Smith provide documents such as undercover agents, informants, and others who were at the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Trump's team wrote, quote, please provide all documents regarding informants, cooperators, undercover agents, or anyone acting in a similar capacity on behalf of or at the behest of the United States Department of Justice or any law enforcement agency who was present at or within five miles of the Capitol that day and who were involved in the assistance, planning or encouragement of any activities related to the protest, breach or trespassing of the Capitol. 
Now, the question that I have asked before is, does Jack Smith's indictment backfire? Does it backfire on him? Julie Kelly's asked that question as well. Does this backfire on them as we get close to discovery? Remember, in a trial, it all comes out. It all comes out in discovery. There's no secrets. The government can't, can't bring something into the prosecution that you have not had a chance to review as part of discovery. So this is all going to come out. And then the, the question is, does this blow up the government's case? The high holy day of January 6th, the high holy day of the left, J6, 2021, which is now the government's excuse now to spy on, I, I mean, potentially hundreds of thousands of Americans, maybe more, where you got to go to the airport and get extra uh, chop busting. I almost said the B word, Matt DeSantis, but I didn't. Extra chop busting. <laughs> can I say that on the air? The other word, the B word? Yeah, you can, I, I think, but maybe we shouldn't. Should I, should I not say it? What is this word? Uh, chop busting, but cojones busting, but the, uh, oh, the oh, B word oh, for oh. it. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd steer clear of that. Why is that? Uh, well, I, okay, uh, I think legally you can say it, but you shouldn't say it. Yeah. I, I, we're not going to get fined or anything by the FCC, but it would be in poor taste to use that type of language. I have no taste whatsoever. So, <laughs> Well, why even, why even uh, you know, tread that fine line? Yeah, because somebody might have kids in the car or something like that. Be like, Mommy, what does Richie say when he says, <laughs> I, we don't want that. No. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Mama Zioli was a hoot for Thanksgiving. Oh, she brought red wine. What's that? I can only imagine. Oh, well, she brought red wine and she was just Mama Zioling out the entire day. <laughs> she really was. A mama Zioling out. And this is how my mother helps. She stands in the kitchen drinking wine and goes, what can I do to help? I say, nothing. There's nothing you can do. I don't want to do nothing. Don't. Oh, well, let me do something. You want me to do the potatoes? Let me do the potatoes. And then she doesn't know where anything is. So where can I get a spoon? Where can I get a fork? Where can I get a plate? And then, so you got to spend 10 minutes just giving her a map of, you know what I'm saying? And then she does all that. Then she goes, all right, are we ready to eat? The potatoes are done. I go, ma, the turkey's, I'm still deep frying the turkey. I have 35 minutes on it. This is why I told you on Thanksgiving day, I stayed outside to monitor the deep frying process the entire time. With a cigar and a bourbon to monitor the deep frying of the turkey. Away from my family and away from my in-laws for a solid hour. Such a sacrifice. Somebody has to do it, Matt DeSantis. It's very generous of you. A nice, Somebody has to it do it. It sounds like a great vibe, I'll be honest. I'll tell you what. It was a good day. It yeah. was a very good day. I also don't believe you. I think Mama Zioli probably is a big help in the kitchen. Do you know how many times I heard, oh, be careful, baby, when it came to frying the turkey? <laughs> You're not going to let Patrick, Claire, and Reagan around the deep-frying turkey oil, are you? Because it could explode and go all over them, and they could get fourth-degree burns, and the flesh could come off their body. <laughs> so no mom we're not i'm not gonna let the kids near the deep frying hot oil pot no i'm not glad she went into great detail <laughs> well that's what she always does right <laughs> she takes it to the extreme italian dramatic grandmother take it's not just a matter of you know it's not safe it's their flesh could melt off and it'd be a terrible thanksgiving if their flesh melted off to the ground baby i think she's just trying to be helpful I, I, I like to defend Mama Zioli. She's so nice. Where is where are my Mama Zioli clips, Henry? Uh they're spread out. Can One. you can you uh when the turkey hit the hot oil, can you play what she said? <laughs> when I, I dropped it blowing it up. 
hope you meant that one. <laughs> that one. When I drop the turkey into a 350-degree pot of boiling peanut oil. Go ahead. I think they're blowing it up. Damn right it blew up. Turkey shot right into the sky. Beautiful thing to see. Oh, be careful, baby. Don't, Rich, please don't wear Patsy Claire and Reagan around the 350-degree boiling peanut oil, honey. Okay? No problem, Mama Zioli. Did you want me to bring cold cuts for Thanksgiving? Nope. 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 Nobody needs cold cuts. We're good. Don't need cold cuts on Thanksgiving. We're good. Uh, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. How the indictment of former President Donald Trump could backfire on the Democrats in a big, big way straight ahead. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast this is the next generation of talk now this is the drive at 5 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli How do you get this special counsel's case against former President Donald Trump out? That's the question. Former Deputy Energy Secretary Matt Briette warned Fauci in 2019 that the Chinese military could in fact be using the coronavirus that they're making at the WIV for military purposes. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. It's been a very... Uh, explosive show today with revelations that, A, number one, the Biden administration is tracking all Americans who were in the Capitol region on January 6, 2021, whether or not you were at the United States Capitol building or not. They are actively tracking you and you were on a terror, domestic violent extremist watch list. I don't think they call it a terror watch list anymore. And the other revelation is that in 2019, the Deputy Secretary of Energy, Dan Briette, great guy, has been on the show several times warned Fauci's office, Asanto Fauci, Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor, you always have to say that by law, obviously, that the Chinese Wuhan Institute of Virology that we were paying for all of this research into this pandemic that they were going to, they were, the military was going to get their hands on. So, a lot to chat about today with my friend, Dr. Victoria Coates. She was at the... Let's do it. Hang on. Hang on. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce the former Deputy National Security Advisor and the Vice President of the Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy at the Heritage Foundation, (gasps) Dr. Victoria Coates. That was an excellent walk-up, Rich. We nailed it. Yeah, that was absolutely golden work by Matt. But I had actually, speaking of Matt, I have to tell you, you actually said Matt Brea in your lead-in before you said Dan Brea. Oh yeah, and I bet (laughs) I would like to. I would like to bet I am the only person who texts with both of them. (laughs) And I impressed Secretary Breyer when I was working for him because I I immediately knew how to spell his last name and how to pronounce it. Well, that's the thing. And because they, I've known Matt Barrett for a million years. <laughs> and and that's the thing. It's not a common last name. So And yet no. both of them have been on this show multiple times. And they're not related, they, right? 
They are not related, uh, and they don't look even remotely alike, uh, but they're both great patriots, and it's an honor to know them. Well, let's start there. I, uh, you were working with uh, Deputy Energy Secretary D- Dan Briette back in 2019 when they warned Fauci's office. This Vanity Fair story about this, and, the, and I don't know if you've had a chance to read it. I don't want to catch you off guard here, but they said here that Department of Energy officials issued their most specific warning in mid-2019 just months before the pandemic began, Deputy Energy Secretary Dan Briette alerted a top Fauci advisor that the coronavirus research the U.S. was helping to fund at the WIV risked being misappropriated for military purposes. Based on classified threat assessments and concerns raised by DOE scientists, Briette urged NIAID, it's Fauci's group, to use caution in its collaborations with Chinese government scientists. His warning should have served as a red flag for any research the agency was conducting with China, say two sources with knowledge of the exchange. Were you there for all that? No, actually, I was still on the National Security Council staff at that point, but was close to both then Secretary Perry and to then Deputy Secretary Burriette. I I moved over uh, in February of 2020 after Perry had retired and Brett had become secretary. But, you know, that that does not surprise me in the least. Uh, we saw this go on in the year I was at Energy where, you know, they, the the position of many of the career scientists was that we had to continue this collaboration. It was science. It was above politics. It was above even national concerns. This was about humanity. And, you know, we could see. China exploiting this, and especially as you know, COVID worsened throughout 2020, and you know, China started being so incredibly evasive about what they had done and how they had tried to cover it up. You know, we're still just getting this out. And actually, the Vanity Fair article was first uh, sent to me over the weekend uh, by by our our senior fellow here uh, at, at Heritage, who's chairing the. Um, chairing the our bipartisan commission to get to the origins of the of the Wuhan virus specifically in China we're hopefully going to do uh, a second a second commission on what happened here in the United States and I think the one will build on the other I don't think we're going to be able to make that one bipartisan but Aaron Walsh who is this the senior fellow uh, sent me sent me this that article you know just amazed at what is coming out and so they'll feed that into the commission Material and we should have that report for you in January, and that should be pretty explosive. I would imagine so. I mean, really, I remember Senator Tom Cotton in the earliest days of COVID in 2020 saying that he he thought this could be a, a Chinese mm-hmm. bioweapon. I've always had my suspicions about that as well. Well, and Senator Cotton was called a bigot and and yes, uh, you know, anti-China for that reason. And there were going to be pogroms against. Chinese American citizens in Arkansas because he was giving tacit permission for it. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, they have to be held accountable for what they did. Yeah, I, I, they do. And not only that, but we have to hold American scientists and bureaucrats accountable for paying for all of this. Because you know, as, I, as I read this story in Vanity Fair and I read this article and there are so many people who were warning about this lab and how the people there who work there didn't know what the hell they were doing. They had it was not safe. And we the warnings were all there. And yet we still paid for it. That is just absolutely infuriating. And this is what makes people so upset. This was all going on. But this gain of function research gravy train where they pay for the the virus to be created and then they pay for the treatment to be created. 
and then everybody gets rich, and there's so much money behind all this and so much grant funding and everything else that they all circled the wagons to cover this up and say that anybody who said there was a lab leak of COVID was a bigot, was anti-China, was racist and soaking the racist fears. However, if you said somebody ate an undercooked bat burger at a wet market, that was apparently not racist. You know, that the filthy eating habits of the Chinese people, you could say that, that's not racist. But if you said this virus may have leaked out of a lab, that was racist. I never understood that, except obviously this was to cover up for what was going on. And the CIA was involved in this cover up. I mean, Dr. Victoria Coates, help us understand here why the United States of America was so heavily invested in funding this laboratory. It's it's this it, it, precisely what you were just talking about. It's the money train so much. Uh, So many hundreds of billions, trillions of dollars of taxpayer money is being funneled into this kind of research. And I actually call it the Starfleet Academy fallacy, which is, you know, this impulse was driven by the hope that on the part of the United States that, you know, if we led on scientific exploration, that our best practices would become the best practices of, of less good actors, that we would raise up humanity, uh, you know, the way Starfleet Academy did in the Star Trek context. But it turns out in real life, when you're not James Kirk, that doesn't actually happen. And instead, this money, you know, is, is just being sloshed around these research labs. It becomes addictive. And you know, the key thing becomes to perpetuate the grants, not to actually further the science. And if something is going wrong, you're, boy, are you going to turn a blind eye to that? And I would just remind everybody, not only were we funding that, that research through, you know, 2020 timeframe, we were funneling it until last July, until finally it got cut off because even, uh, even our scientists finally said, you know, this, their, their practices are so awful, we can't continue this. But we did it for, you know, two and a half years after COVID. So, you know, this, this, is, this is a terrible system. I think Congress has to look at it, you know, with a very bright light. And, you know, that's not going to solve all our, all our fiscal woes to cut this off. But it could certainly start start the process. And I think we can focus that money here at home on research that we do to benefit the lives of our citizens. Do you think, I mean, there's this story now about this new pneumonia that's sweeping through China and they're telling everybody mm-hmm. to wear masks again and do all these other things. I mean, it, it does It does always seem curious that these viruses seem to originate there, does it not? Yeah, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? You know, it's, it's, it's like we're in, you know, December 2020 all over again. Right. And suddenly this is happening in China. And I'm just waiting for President Biden to impose a travel ban and see what he has to say uh, about that, because, you know, he was so critical of of President Trump, who's just trying to take a practical common sense step. I wish he'd done a lot sooner and a lot more draconianly. But it was it was so difficult at the time to be you know perpetually bombarded with with accusations of racism. But this is this is what. You know, this is what the left does in order to keep, you know, to keep its control of this fund of funding of this research. The Chinese government, according to the article, the Chinese government encourages intermingling with a policy called military civil fusion, which aims to harness civilian scientific innovation to advance military goals. Knowing that, why the United States of America would would allow any of our research to go anywhere near China, it makes absolutely no sense because China views everything there as they own it and they'll use it for military purposes. 
Dr. Victoria Coates, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the whole sort of modus operandi of the Chinese Communist Party is to to weaponize things that the United States considers to be sort of sacred. So you take energy. Uh, We have been great defenders of the free flow of energy around the world, that this isn't something we want to use as a weapon or a bludgeon. Well, they want to, and they want to, you know, get us hooked on their renewable products and, you know, control our our energy supplies. And they're certainly not going to do that out of the goodness of their hearts or with our best interests in mind. And so I think they're weaponizing space along the same lines. You know, we think the International Space Station is such a wonderful place where we can collaborate with our Chinese and Russian friends and, again, advance the interests of humanity. That's not what they're doing, uh, either of them, with the International Space Space Station, nor have they historically. So, So all of this is deeply dangerous. We need to establish what Chinese nationals have access to our national labs. We need to cut that off. Uh, I am sorry if if some decent scientists get cut up up in this, uh, but the the danger is so severe. I think we have to figure out, you know, if you are not an American citizen, you have to have an awfully good reason to have access to an American American national lab. And, you know, we might pick five eyes countries, for example, and and allow them in. But we should be extremely cautious about others. Yeah, well said. Absolutely well said. Dr. Victoria Coates is with me. She was at the game yesterday, as a matter of fact. Did you wear your Kelly Green? (laughs) I did. I had an A.J. Brown Kelly Green, and I would be wearing it at the Heritage Foundation today, but it's still wet. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's right. It poured yesterday during the game. That was a nail-biter. I mean, that game was insane. I I had so much agita watching that thing. No, it, it was it was amazing. Just an incredible performance by Jalen. Uh, his his resilience under just terrible circumstances, and and quite frankly, the team was not at its sharpest, and he was able, you know, to to really take them on his shoulders. And then, of course, Jake Elliott's extraordinary uh, field goal. I'm hopeful because they didn't have any in stock last night that there will be Jake Elliott Kelly Green jerseys available. If anybody from the Phillies is listening, or from the Eagles rather is listening, uh, I think you would find a market for those after that that performance. So it certainly gives us all a lot of hope going forward. Jake Elliott continues to just always be there for us. The guy, when we need him, I mean, he steps up, no pun intended, and he just he gets it done. <laughs> he gets it done. Before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I did not ask you, as the vice president of the Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy at the Heritage Foundation, to give us an over. Well, two things I want to say. Number one is your, uh, I think, was brilliant, what you said regarding China, and that Joe Biden... The United States of America at this point is more concerned about getting China to agree to a climate accord, accord than China helping Iran, China helping Russia, and all of these other dastardly deeds you mentioned about China. So I just want to let you know, I think that was a brilliant point and observation you made. I have been using that and giving you proper credit for it. But I would be remiss if I did not ask you about the Middle East and what the latest mm-hmm. is going on there. Well, thank you for the credit. Uh, but I think I think it's a broader point everyone needs to understand that China is acting as a banker here and that there is no way Iran does what it does uh, with Hamas in southern Israel without China's money. And so ultimately, this goes back to Beijing. But what we're seeing right now play out in, in very uh, agonizing slow motion is the release of some of the 200 plus hostages that Hamas has taken now for five weeks. And we are seeing the little babies. We're seeing the elderly in ill health. Uh, we're, it, it, it's 
for seeing the families who are having to wait to see if they're they're going to kind of win this grim lottery uh, day after day. And we're seeing Hamas just exact the worst psychological torture they can against the Israelis. And they're Americans. We've had the one little American girl, Abigail, uh, come out uh, yesterday. I mean, thank God. But there are more Americans that are still there. I think the president should have basically said to Hamas, you know, here's here's the deal. I'm going to sit I'm going to be here helping Israel pound you and kill you until you let all the hostages out. Not let's come to some kind of agreement about what pauses, what rewards you're going to be given for doing this horrific act of terrorism. And so unfortunately, I think we've pressured the Israelis into, you know, accepting that the only way they can get the hostages out, which means the only way they can get back to destroying Hamas is to agree to these kinds, kinds of, uh, appeasement against Hamas. So my concern is this This is just going to de- delay the inevitable. I'm, I'm glad when we get people out. And, you know, certainly this is this is an appalling crime by Hamas. But at the same time, I'm, I'm worried that that the way this is being this, this is being carried out is, is making the problem worse. So we'll, we'll watch the one other thing I'd just say quickly to track is we had a situation overnight last night in which an American vessel, the USS Mason, uh, helped an Israeli vessel on, in the Gulf of Aden off of the coast of Yemen, which had been boarded by Houthi pirates. Uh, and the Americans were able to take it over, capture the pirates, but then the Houthi lobbed some ballistic missiles at the Mason. And, you know, this situation appears to be resolved. But this is why this is so deeply, deeply dangerous, is the presence of Iran. The Iranians are giving the Houthi these capabilities, are egging them on to join the attacks on Israel and the United States. And that's the bigger problem here. And the Biden administration can't even say the word Iran. They can't even say the other word for the pirates. They call them the Houthi Coochie pirates. So they have no (laughs) clue when it comes to this stuff. they took them off the terrorist list. No, that's good. That's a big That's a big upgrade. Uh, yeah, but at the same time this is going on, we're about to give Ukraine more money because the Democrats uh, in the White House are insisting that Ukraine has to get more money. They're, they're certainly going to try. And we published some new p- polling in the Daily Signal today, which I can pass along to you guys, which asked one of the most revealing questions was for Americans, Could you would you fund Ukraine as a priority, Israel as a priority, or both the same? And I think something like 12 percent picked Ukraine. Hmm. And most Americans wanted to do Israel or both equally. What the president's asking for right now is 60 billion for Ukraine and 9 billion additional in humanitarian and 14 billion for Israel. That's not even remotely close. So it is not in line with what the American people think. And until he comes to the table, explains what this money is for, and explains how he is going to rack and stack this with our obligations to Israel, he's going to have a real hard time with the Congress on Ukraine. Good. I hope they give him a hard time on it, because I, I'm, I'm nervous they're going to put some weak border deal in to try to appease or give Republicans to be able to save face, and it will do nothing, it'll have no teeth, and yet they'll turn around and say, well, we, we did it for the border, didn't want to pass the Ukraine funding, but we did it for the border. That's my concern at this point. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, that is entirely valid, and we have to be extremely vigilant against that. Always a pleasure, my friend. Dr. Victoria Coates, the one and only. Now, do we take her out with her intro music, or is that only for the walk-on? You do walk-on music and walk-off, or? I think that's up oh, that's to Dr. Up to Coates. Matt. I say we do it. Let's, yeah. let's do the walk-off music for Dr. Victoria Coates. She's earned it today. <laughs> 
20 minutes of interview. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. The 5 o'clock happy hour is brought to you by the Oceanfront Grand Hotel of Cape May. Save 15% on midweek stays, Sunday through Thursday, now till December 31st. Just mention the promo code Zioli at GrandHotelGameMade.com. All right. So as we continue along here, I just wanted to mention, um, and you know, this story about Chinese bio labs that were found in California. I'm also going to cover that as well. Uh, breaking news. Looks like Hamas just released 11 more hostages from the New York Times. Hamas released 11 Israeli hostages, all women and children, taken from... I'm probably not going to pronounce this correctly, kibbutz near Oz. The fourth day of the ceasefire, according to the Israeli government, the new releases follow an initial release of 13 Israelis on Friday, 13 more late on Saturday, and 14 on Sunday. Some of those released are dual nationals. So we'll give you the latest on that. Uh, Also, the left is bleeding Hispanic support, and they know it. They're also bleeding black support as well. But let's, let's turn back, though, for a moment to... President Trump and where things were in November of 2019. I want you to think back to that for for just a a moment. I remember the fall of 2019. Everything was looking good for Trump. It really was for re-election purposes. The Democrats were a mess. They were in a scramble. Bernie, America's mother-in-law, Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, and Beto O'Rourke, I think he was running for president again. Probably Stacey Abrams, right? Was Beto was Beto in the race? You two, stop your little side chit chats and pay attention to the show, please. Yeah, uh, Beto did run. Yeah, Beto Beto ran. Yeah, and he didn't win. He does for wins anything. He I'm just checking. Twice. He's not president, right? <laughs> no, he wasn't a, a senator from Texas either. He he just loses every race, much who, like uh, Stacey. Who else was in the race for the Democrat nominee back then? Do you remember? In 2020? Yeah. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, our favorite. Tulsi Gabbard, back Kamala before Harris. back before she saw the light. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Um, Joe Biden, obviously. Bernie, Joe Biden, Bernie. America's mother-in-law. <laughs> um, and then I feel like, they, like Swalwell, did he run? He did for like two seconds. Five seconds, yeah, right? He was the first one to drop out. So in November of oh, 20... Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang. Williamson? Yes. Oh, uh, Marianne Williamson. And you know what? There's no way, a, y- There's no way a Yang was going to win that race. No chance. So, <laughs> And Marianne Williamson, who's running again. All right. But uh, for Trump, I mean, everything was looking great. And as we headed into January of 2020, the Super Bowl was going on. Who played in the Super Bowl of 2020? Do you remember? Henry? Uh, I want to say it was, what, the Bengals and the, was it the... It wasn't the Eagles, though. We it were 2019, right? It was the Bengals. It no. It the Chiefs. Oh, it was Niners, Chiefs. Niners, no. Chiefs. No. Well, no. Why don't you just Google it? February 2020. Duck, duck, go it. Niners, Chiefs. Niners, Chiefs. 2020. Huh. Trump ran a commercial during the Super Bowl. A very triumphant political ad. If you remember that ad that ran, and it's not often that presidential candidates run ads during a Super Bowl, but it was a big deal that Trump ran an ad. And he also did a halftime interview with whoever the station was that was hosting the game. I guess it was CBS, I think. So he sat down with whoever that person was and did a halftime interview, which is customary at the Super Bowl for the president to do a halftime interview. He was flying high. I mean, he, he was flying high. And as, as we turned into 2020, he was flying high. But go back to November of 2019. Like I said, 
This time in 2019 in Wuhan, China, there were reports of a mysterious respiratory virus. And those reports of a mysterious respiratory virus in Wuhan, China, in the fall of 2019, were quickly covered up by the government of China and our own government. Because the bureaucrats at NIH and the bureaucrats at the National Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Fauci shop, they knew that they paid for this thing. But the problem is that the virus was already out of the lab. Frankenstein's monster broke out. and. There was nothing to be done at that point except watch it spread. So they created this super coronavirus pandemic in a lab. Remember, the strain we're dealing with now is not the original Wuhan strain. That strain was killer, really was. And the Chinese military was behind it. The timing of this was also suspicious because it was the military world game. So a lot of Americans were over in China for the military world game. So I've always believed that the Chinese military did this on purpose. And they wanted Trump gone because Trump was tough on China economically with tariffs and he was cracking down on china see this president is corrupted by china they have all they know where all the bodies are buried they got all the receipts as they say and they know all about joe biden's corruption so joe biden is not going to give china a hard time about anything trump was in january of 2020 or late january early february just as we're all watching the super bowl and we see trump's ad and he's looking like he's high flying high we're getting reports of This coronavirus spreading around the world and starting in really in Milan, Italy, where they had a very large Chinese population of migrant workers there in Milano, Italy. Never been. Never been to Milan. Still my favorite city in Florence is in Italy is still Florence, Firenze. But I one day would like to get up to the north of Italy and see Milano. But that's there was ground zero for that. And then we had a travel ban. We knew it was going to come here eventually. And, you know, there you go. This uh, respiratory virus in China, this pneumonia that's going on, that's happening right now, same timeline as COVID. You know, it, you, you look at, did I think, do I think the Chinese government wanted to stop Donald Trump by unleashing a go- global pandemic? Uh, yeah, I do. I 100% think that. I absolutely, and if the Chinese kill, what, I don't know, a couple million of their own people, they have a population problem. They don't care. They have a long history of communists killing people. There's a long history of communist dictators killing their own citizens. We, we know that. So do I think it's possible that China took this gain-of-function research, integrated it with the military, and then unleashed it as a bioweapon against the United States of America for the purposes of hurting Donald Trump? Yeah, I do. I think it's absolutely something that should be explored. No question about it. Remember, though, in March of 2020, I was the guy telling you this thing came from a lab. And I would say it every day, even though it was politically incorrect to do so. I'd say it anyway. I don't care. Obviously, I don't care if it's politically correct or not. So the point is that when you think about that and when you really hone in on that, and now you see what's happening with this mysterious pneumonia spreading through China, you just have to wonder. You just have to wonder if it will be an issue for us in the election year of 2024. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you want to weigh in. You know, for years I've been telling you about my friends Stephanie and Matt at Emmons Roofing and Siding, the entire team. Oh, by the way, 20% off all Zioli Army hoodies today and all the hoodies for all the shows on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD at our store for our Cyber Monday event. Just go to 1210WPHD.com. You can get your Zioli Army hoodie in Kelly Green or Blue, and it's going to look great on you. Different sizes, Kale & Company merch, Dom Time, Krasnerland, 
It's all there for you. So if you've been bugging me about getting a Zioli Army hoodie, this is your chance and 20% off today. 1210WPHT.com. Do it now. But the team at M is roofing and siding. They do great work and they're doing more projects for me at my new home. But really the house that we just moved out of for six years, Emmons took care of everything from the new roof, windows, doors, siding, and then kitchen and bathroom remodeling. We took advantage of all of it. And I highly recommend you do the same thing because Emmons is your one-stop shop for all of your home improvement needs. Matt and Stephanie pride themselves on great work. They serve our entire region, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and the Jersey Shore, and they will do a great job for you on time and on budget. So reach out to them today by going to emmonsroofing.com, E-M-M-O-N-S, emmonsroofing.com, or go to emmonsremodeling.com. And you can even visit their design showroom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, if you want to see it up close. I'm telling you, uh, the, the kitchen work, the bathroom work, and of course, the lifetime guarantee on the roof, Emmons does it all, emmonsroofing.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. You know what? This is the worst prep you've ever done for me in the history of prep, Matt DeSanctimonious. How so? Because you have a stupid story in here, which I imagine you meant for another show. What was it? Why frozen pizza is the best pizza. No, I thought that was a good article for you. I knew Reason. it was going to off. Embrace debate. Peter Suderman. The best pizza isn't made in New York, Chicago, or New Haven. It's made in assembly lines. This is a disgrazia, as my people say. <laughs> disgrazia. You got to read the article and see why he comes to that conclusion. Why would I read an article? Well, that was what my fear was. What, that why would read? I ever read an article? What's that, Henry? His biggest fear was that you would start reading? No, he knows that that's never going to happen. Well, the best pizza in America is made by Red Baron, a catch-all mass market brand owned by the frozen food <laughs> mega corporation Schwann's. Red Baron makes frozen pizza with a variety of toppings and an ar- array of styles from the thin and crispy to classic crust to deep dish because big corporations don't judge if you prefer Chicago style. He's fond of the brick oven pepperoni. Red Baron tastes merely indifferent. The sauce is a little too spicy, a little too sweet without the lively burst of tomato flavor. The cheese and pepperoni have a salty, fatty, processed edge to them. The crust is a little too crispy and a little too brittle. Sounds delicious. After you pull a Red Baron pizza out of the oven and take your first slightly too hot bite, you're likely to react with a shrug and think, sure, not bad. Judge strictly on its culinary merits, taste, texture, smell, visual appeal. Red Baron is vaguely competent at best. If you cook it properly, it can be reasonably enjoyable, especially in times of stress or exhaustion, but it is never memorable. (laughs) Oh, man, that's a wonderful review. (laughs) Red Baron. This was so what so what happened? This was voted as best pizza or no, something like that. He's just making the argument that since it's readily available, it is it is good, even though it's not the best pizza, perhaps, or even close. But from an economic and innov- innovation uh, standpoint, it's impressive. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you could just go to your your frozen food section and get yourself a delicious Red Baron pizza. It takes you two seconds. First of all, if I'm doing if I'm doing uh, frozen pizza, you know what I'm doing. What's that? I'm doing Elio's because it reminds me of my childhood. Delicious. Or I'm doing uh, pizza that I defrosted that I cooked and then froze. <laughs> Even better. And that's just it. I'll tell you the best 
pizza, frozen pizza that I've ever had. It's not even remotely close. It tastes like genuine restaurant-style pizza and good restaurant-style pizza. Cape Cod frozen pizza. Highly recommend it. And generally, I think frozen pizza is terrible by pizza standards. By pizza standards. I don't think I've ever actually had a pizza that I didn't enjoy. All pizza is good. What about Um, like Altoona pizza? What is that? It's when they put like, uh, instead of mozzarella, they put a slice of cheddar cheese on it. That sounds vile. (laughs) Well, clam pizza. Pizza started as street food in Naples, Italy. From the earliest recorded observations, it was a flexible, forgettable food and on-the-go bite for Lazzaroni. Or a day or day laborers because it was so adaptable it became it was associated with a class of workers whose lives were unstructured and unplanned. Pizza was also associated with a kind of live as thou wilt lifestyle freedom. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you distracted by on your own show? I I I I don't know. People are <laughs> texting me and <laughs> What is this, a really divisive topic here now? Yeah, now people are weighing in on Twitter about this. Yeah, I figured it was going to get people fired up. Whenever you make the proclamation that Red Baron frozen pizza is the best pizza in the world, uh, people will have opinions. Yeah, Hube says uh, frozen pizza is a fugazi. I, I I tend to agree, although things have gotten better. Things have gotten better lately in terms of pizza because a lot of them now what they do is they use wood-fired pizza ovens to kind of cure the crust so to speak so it doesn't come out like absolute garbage but i'll tell you this rule about pizza and this is the rule that i have in in life pizza it's better to eat bad pizza than to not eat pizza at all can we agree on that point totally if you are out at night and you grab a late night pizza say wawa for example is it going to blow your socks off? No. Is it still better than not eating pizza? A hundred and fifty percent. If that's the only thing open, there's no there's no other food like it. That's the thing. But as he goes on and he talks about the industrial production of pizza, which happened in New York, actually happened in 1951 when a couple opened an Italian restaurant in Minneapolis. Pizza was still enough of an unknown that Rose Totino had to bake her bank loan officer a pizza in order to get funding approved. Guy didn't know what it was. The business expanded. In 1962, the company started making frozen pizzas in mass in a factory in St. Louis Park, Missouri, a short drive from Minneapolis. By the early 1970s, their their brand, Totino's, was the best-selling frozen pizza in the country. A magazine ad picturing Rose advertised quality, variety, and innovation while touting such new products as pizza slices and microwave pizza in 1974. Think about this now. This woman starts this company and has, has, to, has to bake a pie for the bank guy to give her a loan. She sells the company in 1974 to Pillsbury for $20 million. That's crazy, especially for then. I'm telling you. The following year, Schwann's launched Red Baron, which will be marketed by a fleet of World War II-era stunt planes. By 2022, it will be the country's second most popular frozen uh, frozen brand with more than 250 million in sales in the first four months of the year alone. There's a saying about pizza, pizza like sex, even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Serious foodies and sexual progressives might disagree with some cause. Um, But it's an interesting analysis though of americans eating habits and i'll tell you something and this says a lot about the economy too pizza is peasant food 
So when things get tight economically, Americans start to eat more pizza, which is good if you own a pizzeria. And you'll notice as things start to get economically crunched, people will buy more frozen pizza as well. So there you go. I'd have never had, yeah, New Orleans street pizza, best pizza in America. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, I will tell you, though, that my pizza oven is not in yet. We are having some supply chain issues. And I'm sure that this new pneumonia, which is sweeping through China, is going to absolutely derail my dreams and my hopes here. But it's supposed to be on its way. Let me ask you, I'll ask you this question, Matt DeSanctimotis, Matt DeSanctitraitorus, regarding pizza. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do they have pizza in Canada? How would I know? I've never been to Canada. I assume they do. I, 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 I went up to Canada when I was like nine. I believe I had pizza up there. You did. How was it? I don't remember. You don't remember? I was like, I was nine. Well, the reason why I'm asking is because I've heard that the bastard love child of Fidel Castro, Justin Trudeau, no. does not like pizza. No. <laughs> Shocker. Where did you? Okay. Does, there's so much to address here. One. The official stance of the Rich Zioli Show is, of course, that Justin Trudeau is the son of Pierre Trudeau and definitely not Fidel Castro. Allegedly. Just like frozen pizza is allegedly better than real pizza. <laughs> and two, where did you see that he doesn't like pizza? I mean, I don't, I, I'm not sure. He doesn't like true, anything but. fun. He doesn't like anything fun. Exactly right. Justin Trudeau doesn't like anything fun. <laughs> uh, but he does like covering up for COVID. There was a lab in Winnipeg. And the Trudeau government went to extraordinary lengths to try and hide what happened there. It was a major national security breach at Canada's top lab in Winnipeg, an unprecedented uh, breach. And this is a big deal that nobody's talking about. I'll give you some details on that as well. I think that if you get to the bottom of this whole Vanity Fair article, you find out a lot of unacceptable outcomes. But you know what the lesson is? Bat is a terrible pizza topping. (laughs) I've had this conversation so many times regarding pizza toppings, and um, I know that some people like pineapple on their pizza. Ugh. Pineapple and pangolin is a great combination. Have you ever tried it? I have not. Don't judge it till you try it, gentlemen. Please. (laughs) You think Red Baron offers that as a... In Wuhan, they do. Yeah. yeah, bat pizza. They have to cater to the market. Well, if you think about it, I mean, if if uh, the virus did not come from a lab, if it came from a street vendor and pizza started as a street food in Naples, Italy, it makes sense that bat would start as a street food in Wuhan, China. Am I right? A delicious wet market. Yeah. Get your bat here. Hey, get your raccoon dog on a stick. <laughs> raccoon dog, raccoon dog, fresh raccoon dog, pangolin. Who wants a pangolin? When they walk around Naples, they'd be like, schools, yeah? I get a slice of the pizza, the working man, the peasants, the peasantry, the pesanavante. They walk around and they'd have their pizza. In Wuhan, I guess they walk around and have their, their raccoon dogs. <laughs> this is <laughs> sensitive materials, including the pla- – so what, what's the bottom line takeaway? Frozen pizza, good, bad, yes, no? I think it's good, but perhaps not good when compared to a, a fresh pizza. Also, why is it called Red Baron? It just dawned on me. I'm not a historian, but isn't Red Baron a German fighter pilot yes. that was shooting down Allied troops? Uh, it's probably a pro-Nazi pizza. Yeah, that's a uh, interesting take. I thought it was Snoopy on Halloween. Yeah, that's who I thought it was, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, think about the statement you're making when you buy it. Henry, better to have frozen pizza or no pizza at all? Oh, frozen pizza. Frozen pizza in a pinch is very... It's 
It'll do. You see? It'll do. That's my point. Now, make. let me make it one final suggestion. Bake your own at home and then freeze it for later. Make extra dough. That's what I do. You'll thank me for this. See, I'm always trying to help you people. You know that? Oh, I appreciate it. I'm taking notes right now. Good. Very good. Don't buy frozen. And please... Certain things don't belong on a pizza. Pineapple, bat, pangolin, raccoon, dog. None of these things belong on a pizza. All right? I don't care what you say, people. Would you rather have the raccoon top pizza or the pineapple top pizza? Probably go raccoon yeah, dog over pineapple. Too. Yeah, I'm wow. not offended by the notion of it. That I probably would do that. I mean, I know I know, I'm, you're going to rag on me for this, but I, I do like pineapple oh, pizza. No. Do you know the Wuhan special, which is raccoon dog Pangolin and bat all in one pie. It's like the shakaroni from Papa John's. <laughs> meat lovers. Yeah, it's the <laughs> wet market meat lovers. It's like the shakaroni. Extra cheese, extra pepperoni, extra bat, extra pangolin, extra raccoon dog. Vanity Fair obtained records indicating that the Royal Canadian Lab is probing whether sensitive lab materials, including plasmid DNA molecules, were sent to the Wuhan Institute of Virology as emergency after-hour shipments in a manner that circumvented the lab's official record system. Other records indicate that a number of foreign students assisting with research at the University of Manitoba were granted access to even the most restricted parts of the lab, despite not being eligible for full security clearances. He said the investigation is ongoing. National security criminal investigations are often complex, they say. But here's what happened. An opposition parties in parliament from conservatives to the far left demanded answers. The Trudeau government defied a House of Commons order to produce documents. Instead, it took the unprecedented step of suing the House Speaker to block disclosures claiming that national security was in jeopardy. It then dissolved parliament and called for new elections. This guy learned from the best, his dad. (laughs) Think about that. They tried to get to the bottom of Canada sending these, these viruses to China. Trudeau, because he's the bastard son of a dictator, a tyrant, Fidel Castro, turns around and dissolves the government and gets new elections, thereby vacating the order and forcing opposition parties to start again. I mean, that is some top-level cover-up right there. Have you ever heard this before? I have not, no. No. It's clear there were major national security breaches at the government's top-level lab in Winnipeg, and the Trudeau government has gone to extraordinary lengths to try and hide what happened, says Michael Chong, a prominent conservative lawmaker who himself was target of a disinformation campaign by the Chinese government. The Minister of Health's office wrote, all opposition parties, including the conservatives, have full and unredacted access to all documents pertaining to the Winnipeg lab. Now, to understand the extent of what the United States was behind here and what the Department of Energy was behind, I got to share you that piece of the story as well. This is a major, major explosive story from Vanity Fair about how we, we in the United States of America were warned. We knew what they were doing at the WIV. We knew the Chinese military was involved. And people fell asleep at the wheel. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Take a quick break. Coming right back. I'll give you the latest breaking news. Donald Trump issues subpoenas, which could destroy the government's case against him in January 6th. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app.
All right, so Donald Trump is trying a very interesting strategy with regards to his case that the government is obviously this political persecution against him. And I will share the details of that with you in the six o'clock hour. It's a great strategy that Trump is employing. A great strategy. And I'm very, very happy that he's doing it. But there's something else, too, that I think you need to know about. And this is what I'm going to refresh your memory about at the top of the hour. And that is that the United States government is spying on anyone and everyone who went to the United States Capitol region on January 6, 2021, the high holy day of the left. I will make sure you hear that story as well. But don't forget something. There is a election coming up next year and there is a mail vote time bomb that keeps ticking so i talked to my buddy ray today ray polidoro he's from south jersey gloucester county he was fixing my appliances for me good man and we were chatting about this the republicans are still not embracing mail-in balloting pennsylvania's undated ballots might go to the supreme court again that's right this is something that you need to know about the 2024 election will probably be preceded by another flood of lawsuits over voting rules especially absentee ballots And keep an eye on Pennsylvania. Last week, a federal judge there ruled that timely mail ballots must be counted even if the voter neglected to write the date, as state law requires. This will ultimately probably go to the Supreme Court, which punted a similar case last year. The saga of Pennsylvania's undated ballots since the COVID pandemic is worth unspooling because it shows how litigation puts indeterminacy into the election system. State law is unambiguous in saying that absentee voters must fill out, must date, and must sign the declaration printed on such envelope. This requirement has gone to court repeatedly for three years with frustratingly inconclusive results. In 2020, Republican State Senate candidate Nicole Ziccarelli was poised to topple a Democrat incumbent who she led by four votes. Eventually, she lost by 69 after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ordered the tallying of some 300 undated mail ballots. These ballots were illegal. The law says they have to be dated or they're tossed. Four of the seven justices agree that such ballots were invalid under state statute. But the swing justice said the committee, given the circumstances, I would apply my interpretation only prospectively. The the corruption in this mail ballot system by the courts saying that what is actually the law doesn't matter, doesn't even matter to anybody. A year later, the question was whether federal law overrides Pennsylvania's date mandate. A Republican judicial candidate, David Ritter, was up by 71 votes with about 250 undated mail ballots uncounted. Guess what happened? Mr. Ritter lost by five. After the federal Third Circuit Court of Appeals ordered the extra ballots to be included, citing the Civil Rights Act. Specifically, the law says the right of any individual to vote cannot be denied based on a paperwork error that is not material in determining whether such an individual is qualified. You know how it's like uh, you go to bed, the Republicans winning, you wake up in the morning and you turn around and go, whoa, now he's losing. He lost. How does that happen? This is how it happens. And don't you tell me there's no corruption here. Do not tell me there is no corruption here because you know there is. I know there is, period. They literally just sit around and go, how many ballots do we need? And then they just show up. They magically show up out of thin air. And if you don't apply the law, 
If you don't follow the law, there's no way to keep that from happening. So you have this ticking time bomb coming and the presidential election is right around the corner. And the nightmare is that control of the White House or the U.S. Senate could be decided after Election Day by a Supreme Court opinion on missing dates on Pennsylvania ballots. This is why the legislature needs to step up and do something and judges need to stay the hell out of it. Fourth and final hour coming up with lots of breaking news. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Former President Donald Trump goes for the jugular, getting the United States government to go on record about who from the government was on the grounds of the Capitol on the high holy day of the left, January the 6th. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thank you for being here today. The other explosive story, there's three, really. It's uh, what Trump is doing, his legal strategy, White House, uh, what's going on with uh, the, I'm sorry, not the White House, the uh, the TSA, basically air marshals spying on American citizens who were in the capital region on January 6th, and then secret warnings about the Wuhan lab and how all of this predated the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic that sweeped the world and changed lives, ruined lives, killed people. And changed our way of life forever. And it's not over because there's another pneumonia sweeping through China as we speak. But this story came to my attention. You know, I love when the stockings are hung by care by the children with care. What, what, what's the line? It is. Uh, stockings are hung by the. Wait, now I'm confused. Wait, wait, wait. Stockings are hung, hung by the children with, with care. By the chimney with care. By the chimney. So- hung by the children. Yeah, I mean that. <laughs> no. How does it go? Stockings are hung by the chimney. Don't you remember hair. a Christmas story with little Ralphie and those big glasses? Uh, I love that movie. You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. That little that little guy. Uh, what does uh, he have to do with it? I don't know. The Christmas. <laughs> Just do you remember it? I, yeah, I remember it. I don't know how it's relevant to this conversation. But yeah, I think Henry's right. It's the stockings were hung. I got a buddy who looks like him. Kid. I got a buddy who looks like that. Uh, Ralphie? Ralphie. And he's an adult and nobody wants to tell him. That it, with his glasses, <laughs> he looks like Ralphie. Yeah, good like thing you Christmas just stunt. let the world know. Yeah, well, there's only, I mean, okay, so now they know in, where do we have listeners? Somalia? <laughs> Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Yeah. We only have one. We still haven't budged the needle on downloads in Ethiopia, <laughs> which I find disturbing because we have been doing Ethiopian news. We should We should have a couple more downloads, you'd figure. Uh, you would think so. Why are you not promoting it more? I'm trying. I'm do- uh, you know what? It's my, it is my fault because I haven't put an Ethiopian news story in the show sheet in a couple weeks. Uh. I kind of gave up hope there once we, uh, we came up with nothing. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> We came up with nothing. It's a slow news week, so maybe we'll get some Ethiopian news in the mix. Well, it is a slow news week, but it's also Cyber Monday, and a lot of people are shopping online. If you want to get a Zeoli Army hoodie, now's your chance. Go to... 1210WPHD.com. You'll save 20%. Two colors for you, blue or Kelly green hoodies. Zeoli Army, they also have Kale & Company merch 
And of course, Dom Time, Krasnerland, it's all there. But I know you want your Zilli Army hoodie. 20% off today only, Cyber Monday, 1210WPHC.com, 1210WPHC.com. So the first family knocked their own socks off with this year's White House Christmas decor. Did you just hear the news gushing about the White House being decorated? (laughs) Did you hear that? Yeah. CBS was very excited. They're very excited. Very excited the White House is decorated. Well, what they didn't mention, though, is that unlike the last two Christmases, First Lady Jill Biden did not hang stockings for her grandchildren over the mantle in the state dining room. Now, what what has changed from last Christmas to this Christmas regarding Joe Biden's grandchildren? Oh, no. Oh, no. Would anybody like to take a crack at it? No pun intended. Oh, no. When we strip down these stockings, strip them off the chimney, if you will. (laughs) Because we don't want to have those stockings wedlocked into the fireplace mantle. Can anybody hunt around for a clue for me of why maybe possibly this year they decided to do away with stockings for the grandchildren? I like that you mentioned hunting as your clue. Uh, I say, can anyone hunt around Uh, for me? (laughs) Could it have anything to do with uh, Hunter's love child? Ding, ding, ding. Get this man a prize. That's horrible. (laughs) The change comes months after President Biden and his wife issued a statement publicly acknowledging first son Hunter Biden's out-of-wedlock daughter, Navy Joan Roberts, as their seventh grandchild. Navy, now five, was not included in the stocking displays for 2021 or 2022, unlike Hunter's three daughters he shares with ex-wife Kathleen Buell and his son with current wife Melissa Cohen. A White House spokesperson explained the change by saying that the Bidens plan to spend the holiday at Camp David and will hang the stockings by the chimney with care there instead. Oh, right. And the White House did not immediately respond to an inquiry from the Post about whether Navy would receive a stocking at Camp David. In 2021 and 2022, the first family remained in Washington on Christmas Day before making post-holiday trips to their home at Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, and St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Obviously. I mean, I always go there uh, the day after Christmas, don't you, St. Croix? I mean, duh. Like, yes, obviously. Tradition. <laughs> Tradition. Got to do it. Don't want to do it. On Monday, the First Lady unveiled the White House's extravagant decorations featuring 98 Christmas trees, roughly 34,000 ornaments, and 142,000 twinkling lights around the executive mansion. The official White House menorah rests in the cross hall, which is nestled between the East Room and the State Dining Room. The decorations also incorporate more than 350 candles. I, my, my question is, what is the carbon footprint of all this? 22,100 bells, as well as toy soldiers, candy, and 72 wreaths along the north and south facades of the White House. Does anyone know the carbon footprint of all this? There's a gingerbread White House comprised of roughly 40 sheets of cookie dough, 90 pounds of pastelage. 30 pounds of chocolate, 50 pounds of royal icing, and 40 sheets of gingerbread dough. Also included is a statue of German Shepherd Commander, who was booted from the White House earlier this year after getting high on cocaine and launching Cocaine White House Dogs, my epic summer blockbuster, which is coming to a movie theater near you. Wait, do you see the photo of Commander, the stuffed Commander? Yeah. There's a whole bunch of white stuffing around him. It kind (laughs) of looks like he's standing in a pile of cocaine. 
I love it. I love it. I guess it's supposed to be snow, but they got to stop posting pictures on social media for people to see. Because yeah, that's true. Oh my gosh. The theme of the White House holiday celebration is magic, wonder, and joy, which the Biden said is inspired by how children experience this festive season. By being taken to Jeffrey Epstein's island by Biden's pals. Completely present in the beauty and bounty around them, their senses are all right, with hearts open to the magic, wonder, and joy of the holiday. Uh, Much of the decor inside features nods to Clement Clark Moore's classic poem, The Night Before Christmas. I'm just curious, though, are they acknowledging that Santa is a man? At the White House? Huh? Is there a gingerbread man or is it a gingerbread person? <laughs> Ew, I don't, even, I don't even want to see a gingerbread with genitalia. And for years it's always been a gingerbread man, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm wondering if, if we are using uh, if we are using uh, what is the term for it? Uh, gender. This is our gingerbread zizer. Was that like a salad? No, 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 no. Our gingerbread <laughs> is, identifies as zizer. It's gingerbread zizer. Gingerbread zizer. Now that is a winner. I'm sorry, but between that and cocaine White House dogs, I'm going to make so much money off of this White House. <laughs> Not as much as Biden's made off of the White House, but still a lot. I'm telling you, you got to stop sharing these ideas with the audience because people are stealing them. People steal my ideas all the time in this business. You're losing out on a fortune. Oh, man. Gingerbread Zezer. <laughs> For the non-binary gingerbread cookie in your home. Now, the other thing, too, is um, can we still call it an elf on a shelf? Are we calling it elf? What what else would you call it? I don't know. Is Elf okay? I think so. I, I don't know. Elf is gender neutral. Well, yeah, but Elf might also denote a little person or it might denote somebody who is into forced uh, servitude, which is what Santa does to those elves. Am I right? I mean, they're not unionized. <laughs> they don't get breaks. Are they compensated in any way? I, do they have $15 minimum wage? You know, I'm starting to, you know what, you raise a pretty good point. I'm just saying, call call me Elf again. Say Elf again. Come on. I'm just making the point. I would think if somebody referred to somebody as an elf, that would be a pejorative, right? I mean, if if somebody called me an elf, I wouldn't like it, obviously. Let's see now. Is elf a pejorative? Elves were certainly often seen as a cause of illness, and indeed, the English word oaf seems to have originated as a form of elf. The word elf came to mean changeling left by an elf and then became changelings. We're noted for their failure to thrive to its modern sense. A fool, a stupid person, a large, clumsy man. I think elf is a very, very terrible word. (laughs) And I don't want this White House using it. Don't give them any ideas. You have the platform. Let's let's start some change here. (laughs) Honestly, I'm 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 really a very, very sick man. Uh, 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in on Twitter at Rich Zealy. So now you know what's going on at the White House, how Hunter's bastard grandchild. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like to use that word for her, but I do like to use it for Joe, for uh, Justin Trudeau. But I don't want to use it for this little girl. She's an innocent bystander and in all this. It's not her fault. Just like it wasn't Justin's fault that his no. mother was hanging out with Fidel no. Castro. What? No. There's pictures of them together. Oh, yeah, they hung Trudeau's out. Trudeau's mom and, and, and Fidel Castro were pals. 
Okay. They hung out together. They hung out, yeah. They sat in red Adirondack chairs and ate pineapple while staring at pink flamingos in the yard, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know if any of that could be uh, confirmed. I think it's all but... documented. But nevertheless, uh, Hunter Biden's daughter, his biological daughter, who he's finally acknowledged, who the president of the United States and the first lady has finally acknowledged, because they would, it would be obvious, would it not, if her stocking was not hung by the chimney and since she's never been to the White House and they don't want to talk about her, they've just decided to forego the stockings completely for the grandchildren. Now, if I was a Biden, and, and you, you'll never know it's a Camp David. See, that's the little game here that's played. The White House is always open for Christmas tours and parties. And I mean, you can't rent it or anything like that, but they always have big parties on, uh, in the White House. Christmas is a great time to be in the White House. They always give you an ornament every year. Every year they make a special White House ornament. I have several on my tree, as a matter of fact. And it's a great time, but it's open and people would see it and the press corps would see it. Camp David is closed to everybody, except for whoever the president invites there, obviously, but it's never open to the press. For security reasons, you can't see it. You don't know what it looks like. It's been depicted in movies. It may or may not be accurate. I don't know if I can never tell you if I've ever been there or not, because I don't know if I can say. (laughs) Just give me like a thumbs up or a thumbs down so that I personally know. I'm just saying in the secluded woods of Maryland, there might be a wood burning fireplace. But anyway... The point is, uh, if they choose to hang the grandchildren's stockings there, they don't have to include Little Navy, the poor girl, who is Hunter Biden's biological daughter. They don't have to do that, and nobody would ever know, because they're not going to do pictures. There's not going to be, it's it's closed to the press, it's closed to outsiders, and it's just the way it is. Uh, So yeah, this is intentional. There's no question in my mind about that. This is absolutely intentional. This is what a cruel, I feel so bad for this little girl. Not only is Hunter her father, she's got to deal with that embarrassment the rest of her life. I mean, talk about a deadbeat dad. Am I right? You're deadbeat dad. I'll show you deadbeat dad. My dad's freaking Hunter Biden. Boom. I have a question. When you you. do the deadbeat dad, let me not say what I was going to say there. (laughs) When you do the deadbeat dad jokeathon. See where that was going? Yeah. Go to a very dark place. It's like, yeah, your dad's your dad's so dead he hasn't paid child support in five years. Oh yeah? My dad is Hunter Biden. Boom, mic drop, slam. <laughs> yeah. What were you gonna ask? You had a question? I was gonna ask, why is the Biden family so unbelievably cruel to this poor little girl? Like, what has she actually done to anyone? I she was born. Understand. That's it. That's it. She was born. She's done nothing. She's five, six years old. She's done nothing. Now, She's like, an innocent little child. Lots of people have, like, children out of wedlock. Sure. I, Who, I mean, what century is this? We don't even call it wedlock anymore. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what is this, the year 1312? Like, I mean, yeah, people have children when they're not married. It's a thing. It, it, it happens. I, I, yeah, I feel like the only reason this is a big deal is because... The Bidens won't acknowledge this poor girl's yeah. existence. They have made her life sad. And it, it it breaks my heart because I love the joy that children have around Christmas time. And this this poor girl's got to deal with the fact that maybe she'll get cocaine if Hunter leaves some. Like he left for the dogs. <laughs> By the way, breaking news, a federal judge just moments ago rejected former President Trump's efforts to subpoena information related to the January 6, 2021 attack. This is the language that's being used by the Hill that the former president had accused government officials of failing to preserve 
determining the request amounted to a fishing expedition. This is a big deal. I'll tell you what Trump was asking for, and I'll tell you why this judge's efforts to block this needs to be challenged. Don't go away. The Seoli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. So this is a big deal. Uh, what just happened here? Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. Covered a lot of ground for you. Uh, I'm going to get into this decision by this judge to block Trump's request for the government to turn over anyone who was a member of law enforcement who was at the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Now, this was a smart strategy by Trump's legal team. Let's think about this for a moment right now. You know, and I know, and the majority of Americans believe that there were undercover federal operatives, informants, agents, whatever, on the Capitol grounds on January 6, 2021. And the majority of Americans agree, and I certainly do, that they probably played a role in, in causing all of this to happen, in, in, in motivating and firing people up and getting them into, inside the building. Ray Epps being a classic example of that with his Tomorrow We Go in the Capitol speech. The point is that the government, the people that work for the government, they work for you and me. These are, these are our employees. And the government has no right to keep this information from us. The government of the United States is, is prosecuting Donald Trump with this idea that his lies about 2020 led to January 6, 2021. Well, first of all, you're, A, you're allowed to lie. B, in his mind, it's not a lie. And C, the First Amendment protects political speech, whether or not the speaker intends the saying to be true or not. There is there is no caveat in political speech where you can't stand up and say, I, elect me and I'll cut your taxes unless you really, really mean it. Otherwise, we're going to send you to prison. You know how many politicians would be in prison if, if you could charge them? for saying things that they knowingly knew were not true. A lot. Oh, yeah. You'd be building new prisons. And then the people that promised not to bring prisons to the community would wind up finding themselves going to prison for breaking their promise of bringing a prison to the community. You see what I mean? It's ridiculous. But they're going after Trump for this idea that his words, his ideas regarding the 2020 election led to January 6th. So Trump's team pushed back and said, hey, we want to list anybody and everybody who was some way involved with federal law enforcement or local law enforcement. I want the list. Give me the names. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense, right? But a judge today just blocked those efforts. Just a few moments ago, Judge Tanya Chutkin, who is overseeing the federal case related to Trump, Trump's actions to stay in power, said that he failed to meet the legal bar for subpoenaing the officials. What were Trump's actions to stay in power, out of curiosity? What did, what did he do? Oh, well, there's the magic steering wheel theory, first proposed by Cassidy Hutchinson, that he reached over to the beast and grabbed the steering wheel and turned it to get to the Capitol to do what? I have no idea. The magic steering wheel theory. Only The only other theory that have more BS than the magic steering wheel theory, of course, is the magic bullet theory, as I went through with you last week on the 60th anniversary of President Kennedy's assassination. So what did Trump actually do to try to stay in power, besides grabbing the steering wheel of the beast to, I assume, turn the car to go careening towards the Capitol to set off a series of events that would what? 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 What What would that do if that were to happen? Like he'd give people rides? 
maybe smash into a barrier with the beast. And what was he going to do? If the magic steering wheel theory is accurate, first posited by Cassidy Hutchinson, Trump leaned over the Secret Service to grab the wheel to turn the beast, the presidential limo, to get to the Capitol building. For what purpose? Who the hell knows? So he wants to know, and he has a right to know in discovery, which is the question of, hey, government, did you have any guys on the ground that day on the left's high holy day, January 6th? Were any of them informants? Were any of them federales? Did any of them have anything to do with motivating people that day? And uh, the other point about this, too, is that Trump sought to compel cooperation from Representative Barry Loudermilk of Georgia. He's the House Administration Oversight Subcommittee chairman who has said he did not receive the entirety of the panel's records. This is the January 6th panel. And Trump tried to subpoena the National Archivist and attorneys to the White House and Department of Homeland Security. He's seeking a lot of records and good. He should seek a lot of records because they, the government's coming after you. And when the government comes after you, they have a lot of power. So that's why you should be able to get access to everything that they know about the crimes that they are charging you with. But no, the judge won't allow that to go forward. She put the kibosh on that. Just like she's put a gag order on the former president where he can't speak about the trial. He can't criticize Jack Smith, the special counsel. Meanwhile. If you were in the capital region on January 6, 2021, they know about it. They do. And they're watching you. You are going to have a very hard time at the airport. If all you did, you did. No, no, no. It doesn't matter if you went to the Capitol. It doesn't matter if you took part in any riots. It doesn't matter if you ever even set foot on the Capitol complex. If you were in the region on January 6, 2021. The government knows about you and is spying on you. In a minute, I'm going to play a clip of this uh, person from the administration who's in charge of air marshals and security. See, after 9-11, the air marshals were a new creation, a new way to get people, you know, jobs in this ever-expanding police state that we call a country. But now we don't really need air marshals anymore because they have secure cockpit doors. And so uh, the air marshals have nothing to do. So they have this new program out. And in this program, what they're doing is they're spying on people. That's right. They're spying on you and they're spying on me. And this uh, is an explosive story. Why it's not getting more attention, I don't know. But I think the reason why it's not getting more attention is very, very simple. The only time the government cared about putting people, the only time civil libertarians in this country on the left cared about people being on the no-fly list without due process was when they were doing it to Muslims after 9-11. Now, people who are consistent, like myself, had a problem with that because there was no due process involved. So now here's what's happening in the United States of America. Right now, this place, this time, the Biden administration is tracking all Americans who traveled to D.C. on January 6, 2021. According to the director of the Air Marshal National Council, Sonia Labosco, I'm going to play this for you. This is what she said on Fox News yesterday. This is amazing what the government is doing. But at the same time, they know who you are if you were in the region. Forget what, why you were there. It doesn't matter. You didn't have to do anything at the Capitol that day. But if the former president who's being prosecuted by the government wants a list of who in federal law enforcement was on the ground that day in January 6th, they won't give it to him. Take a listen. 
Okay, so how many uh, air marshals are on planes right now, and how many do you think uh, there should be to get to a safe level? Well, Carly, we're not we're not flying right now. The only missions that we're doing are Quiet Skies missions, and those are missions that are following the January 2021 people. So we're either on the border uh, for illegal immigrants or we're following folks from January 2021. We're not doing our regular missions where we're out there looking for the bad guys. So right now on uh, most flights, you're not going to have air marshals. What do you mean by that? You're following January 2021 people. What does that mean? That means our primary mission is a little group called Quiet Skies. It's a mission called Quiet Skies that we're following people that flew into the National Capital Region in January 2021. You did not have to go to the Capitol or the rally, and you've been put on a specific list that TSA now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had uh, any type of criminal investigation. They haven't committed a crime, but yet three years later, we're following the same individuals day in and day out. So you're saying that air marshals are now following people that were at the Capitol uh, on January 6th, and they're not tracking terrorists at all? Well, they didn't even have to be at the Capitol, Carly. They could have just flown into the National Capital Region. So if anybody was there for uh, a job interview, to visit family, we even had a gentleman that was there for a funeral. They put it, put on this domestic terrorist list just because of their geographic location to Washington, D.C. So these people did not even commit a crime. They weren't even at the Capitol. What? Do those people know that they're on this list? Some of them do, because when they go to the airport, they get the quadruses on their boarding pass, and then they have to go through enhanced security. Then they're followed by teams of air marshals on, on any leg of flight that they have. So, yes, a lot of them do know that they're being followed, yet they haven't been vetted, and they have not committed a crime. And three years later, we're still doing the same duty, and we followed the same people over and over for three years who are no threat to this country. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so if you are an average passenger on a plane, how concerned should you realistically be? I think I think you should be very concerned when you're boarding the aircraft. You need to look around to see who you might be able to to ask to help you like a good Samaritan, because you're kind of you're on your own. If anything happens, please don't wait. There's going to be no law enforcement that's going to help you. So you need to have a plan. Look where the exit doors are. Look where you're anyway, you get the point. Thank around. you, Matt. Um, yeah, that's what the government's doing. The government of the United States spying on you. I told you years ago, you know, if you've been with me on this journey and talk radio, which I guess is now going on you know, 10 years or so, then you know the Zioli Axon back then was if you if you sacrifice your liberty, if you cede your liberty to the government in the name of keeping you safe, the government will take that power, weaponize it and use it against you for political purposes. And that's exactly what we're seeing in this country. And I have a consistent track record on this. You will not find another conservative talk show host who has this kind of consistent record when it comes to protecting the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment, all the amendments to the Constitution. I don't pick and choose. I'm not like some of these uh, national hosts out there who were all in on the government spying on, on, on Americans when we were worried about Muslim terrorists. Because I said, if they follow the law and get warrants, they can do whatever they need to do. But if they don't, mass surveillance is not okay under the Constitution. Well, now that's exactly what they're doing to you and to me. We have become the new terrorists. We have become that. So instead of some guy hiding out in a cave in Afghanistan and we're worried that he's going to be here, it's now some guy who might be at a a shopping mall in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, who might do the next January 6th. 
it's, it, it's, it's a country that I don't recognize anymore. What has happened with the weaponization of government? This government, this United States of America. By the way, Benjamin Weingarten, who writes for Real Clear Investigations and The Federalist, he has a tweet out today saying that the listen to this, Matt, the great aunt of the youngest American hostage and first American to be released by Hamas is a buyer of Hunter Biden's art who was then appointed by Joe Biden to the United States Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. The swap of hostages for jihadists is likely to prove disastrous for Israel. What this little girl endured and will endure for the rest of her life is unthinkable, as is the case for all the hostages and their families. That the Biden's corruption makes this fact pattern at all salient is nauseating and disgusting. This is uh, remarkable here. Hunter Biden, the, the, this, yeah, so the, I guess it's good to have powerful friends, right? The families of American citizens kidnapped by Hamas militants in Israel nearly four days ago and the girl's great aunt who spoke with Lester Holt and this great aunt who spoke with Lester Holt is a buyer of Hunter Biden's artwork. I mean, I'm glad she's home. Don't get me wrong, but there are still other Americans we believe who were trapped, who are believed being held by Hamas. I shouldn't say trapped, but being held by the terrorists, Hamas. But the great aunt of the youngest American hostage and first American to be released by Hamas is a buyer of Hunter Biden's art. who was then appointed by Joe Biden to the United States Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. Hey, nice to know people in high places. Am I right? Today is Cyber Monday. 20% off all of your Zioli Army merch. All your Talk Radio 1210 merch. Hoodies. 12, 20% off hoodies at 1210WPHG.com. you get the link to the store. You can get your Zioli Army hoodie in navy green, Kelly green, I should say, or navy, uh, and it'll look great on you, all right? So this way, you will get your hands on the highly coveted Zioli Army hoodies. Get the get the Kelly green, and this way, it'll look good on you when you root for the birds, and we're going to go all the way. I think we're going all the way to the Super Bowl this year. Am I right? Are we going all the way? You feel, feel good? pretty good about that it. That team yesterday showed me they're unstoppable. Win ugly. Great teams win ugly. There is a, my brother-in-law, Mike, said it best when he said the Eagles just find ways to win. Yes. And that's, that's what they do. That's what championship teams do. You saw it in the Phillies all spring, all summer. You're seeing it again here in the Birds. Jaylen See that? Hurts is clutch. Yes. I'm telling you, he's the greatest, the best, the absolute best. So you'll need that Zioli Army Kelly Green hoodie all the way up until the Super Bowl and longer. So 20% off today, 1210WPHG.com. Kale and Company merch, Dom Time merch, uh, Krasner Land, and of course, Zioli Army. It's all there for you. Okay. Uh, we got a lot more to get to. It's We're coming to the end of the show here. But, you know, for years, I've been telling you about the great work that my... Do I? No, I don't. I don't have to tell anybody anything. Just did my Zioli Army uh, you, library. You've been done, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Forget it. I take it back. Actually, <laughs> can, I, can I thank Yoakum for doing my shutters? Yeah, go ahead. Because Yoakum is a uh, wonderful sponsor of several of our stations here. And Frank Yoakum, I reached out to him, and he got back to me right away. And Yoakum Shutters and Blinds, they did an amazing job uh, for our new home. So I just wanted to say thanks to Frank Yoakum and the entire team over there uh, at uh, at Yoakum for doing a fantastic job. Beautiful. These blinds are great. They're wood shutters. And you got the big opening, too. They let in a lot of light. They're easy to control. And the levers are all hidden yeah the levers are all hidden which is good you don't have to see them so 
Uh, I like that. It's classy, you know. Who? It's very, very classy. Uh, I think so, anyway. All right, we got a lot more to talk about on the show. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Okay, it is Monday, but it's almost the end of Monday, which means tomorrow, Tuesday, we'll be gone with the wind. So we have a lot to uh, chat about. You know, uh, the left, by the way, in this country is bleeding Hispanic support. And they know it. They know it. Daily Signal with a great piece on this Hispanic language network, Univision, interviewed former President Donald Trump this month. And do you remember the meltdown by the cackling hens on The View? Was it Anna Navarro who was out there saying, right? Yeah, saying that they need to be held responsible for giving Donald Trump airtime. Yeah, held responsible, as in he should be executed for allowing a presidential candidate to be on the network. She was irate over that, wasn't she? Yeah, she was freaking out. It was, I mean, it was legitimately a two-minute rant. You know why they did that, though? You know why Univision did, did it? I don't know. Because why. it got ratings. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. Wherever Donald Trump does an interview, uh, ratings follow. More than 70 Democrat Party-affiliated groups and some individuals, including the actor John Leguizamo, have signed a letter crying foul. This includes left-of-the-left groups such as La Raza, now going by the name Unidos Uos, the Mexican-American Legal Defense and Educational Fund, and the Congressional Hispanic Caucus. More than 70 groups sent the letter November 17th to Wade Davis, a Univision executive, and other executives at the media company, and they're all very upset. This is what they said. Quote, we demand Univision conduct a thorough internal review. Take correct. This is for interviewing the former president of the United States of America, who is the Republican frontrunner. Like him or not, he is the Republican frontrunner. Obviously. We demand Univision conduct a thorough internal review, take corrective measures and reaffirm its commitment to unbiased reporting and to keeping the Latino community informed and up to date with facts and truth. A betrayal of trust. This trust has been betrayed. It is beyond alarming to learn that Univision's leadership is giving former President Donald Trump the most anti-Latino and anti-immigrant president in modern American history, unquestioned access and allowed him to spread falsehoods unchecked. By the way, it's important to remember that the Congressional Hispanic Caucus is not a real caucus of members of Hispanic descent since it refuses membership to Republicans. It is therefore simply an arm of the Democratic Party and this request by the Democrat Congressional Hispanic Caucus is a party demand for partisan coverage of the 2024 campaign. And a lot of these other groups that signed on are a bunch of very far left wacko groups. I know that that's redundant. By the way, did you see this yesterday that happened? Uh, this sports guy, this sports announcer, NFL Red Zone, Scott Hansen. They... That, this has never happened to us, I don't think. I, I know that in the past we've had scheduled fire alarms, for example, and we always time it around the show so we can record something if we need to and then go down and do the fire drill. And, and most of the time we just ignore it. <laughs> I've had to ignore it. I've had to stay here. Yeah. Someone's I mean, got to be here, man, in the ship. Right, exactly. It's not like we have a choice. So, uh, But this happened. It was during the game last night. They were covering the Eagles-Bills game, and there was a there was a huge studio evacuation uh here's the audio from this cut 16 yes 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is a first in my 20-something year broadcasting career. We have an alarm going off in the studios of NFL Red Zone right now in our studios here in Inglewood, California. We are being told we need to evacuate the building. We do not know the nature of the emergency. You can probably hear the alarm going right over the top of my right shoulder here. Uh, as it is something absolutely unprecedented for us, we have this game. Yes. Wow. Did you guys hear that live when it happened? I did not, no. Yeah. No, I wasn't watching Red Zone. What is Red Zone anyway? What is it's, that? It's so... Are you familiar what the red zone is in football? Yeah. It's within... Are, do, are, do you actually... Yes, I know what it is. Is okay. when, you're, when you're close to the thing, you got to get it. Yeah, you're within 20 yards of scoring. Right. You know, 20 yards of the end zone. You're right by the thing. So the place. The, the concept of NFL red zone is that when a game, you know, someone's driving and a team enters the red zone, he'd pan to that game so you can see, you know, a scoring play or something. Or, a big, or if a big play happens, they'll pan to that. Oh, they so will. It's just, gotcha. it's, they'll cover all the games all day, and they'll just pick and choose when they're going to go to a game. Mm-hmm. So at that point, yeah, he was on the Bills and Eagles because, I mean, they kept scoring all the time, so it was probably a great game for Red Zone. Uh, but, yeah, that's the premise of it. I would I would have ignored it. I would have pretended like it wasn't happening. Like, I don't know. You guys hear that? I don't hear that. <laughs> you guys hear that? That sounded like a serious alarm, though. Yeah, it, 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 it certainly sounded like it, but the question is, is that more serious than I think they're blowing it up? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the real question. Yeah, I think I would be more concerned about the, the guaranteed explosion. I yeah. think they're blowing it up. Like, if you did that, that would empty the studio up. That clears out immediately. I don't even think you come back to, you know, explain what's going on. You just exit. No. You, 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 you're out. You're done. You run. You run for your life at that point. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> you are out. We should talk to Odyssey and see if we can replace our fire alarm with, I think they're blowing it up. <laughs> just hear that over and over and over again. People will respond to that. See, if you just have it on a 30-second loop, the building, you're, you're, you're out of there. <laughs> right? And then as everybody's walking out. Oh, be careful, baby. Right? You don't want to trample anybody. In the, the stairwell, because you can't use the elevator during a fire drill. So as everybody's walking down the stairs. Oh, be careful, baby. And then just burp, burp, burp. I think they're blowing it up. I think they're blowing it up. I think they're blowing it up. You're getting out of that building. My mother's voice on a repeating loop like that? You're getting the hell out. You're not staying. We'll save lives. You know how many lives we can save with this strategy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very good all right that's the show we did we covered a lot of ground today uh i still think it's amazing the vanity fair story about the secret the warnings the secret warnings our government kept secret about the warnings about what was happening in the wuhan lab here's the bottom line in 2019 dan briette who was the deputy energy secretary warned fauci about what was happening in the wuhan institute of virology and the warnings were ignored. They were ignored. The U.S. Department of Energy warned other agencies. Back in 2019, the Energy Department had developed a classified proposal reported on here for the first time to ramp up safeguards against the possibility and develop better tools to better detect evidence of genetic engineering. We knew. We told them. These guys in the Department of Defense, Dan Briette's a great guy, he told them, what was happening, what was being done, and they ignored the warnings on purpose. Fauci 
Anthony Fauci and all those people at the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases were warned about what was happening in the WIV. China was manipulating the coronavirus with the Chinese military, and the warnings were purposely ignored. Have a great rest of your night. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. Get your hoodie, 20% off. 1210WPHD.com. Get that Zioli Army hoodie. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, and on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.